Welcome to F1 or F Off, your audio pit stop for F1 news, interviews, and race reviews. I'm your host, Gabe. Bonjour, je m'appelle Idris. <laughs> yes. We've been doing another thing stop. Where... <laughs> another <laughs> stop on the bilingual yes. intros. I love it. Yes. So today, we have a very special episode with a very special guest. She is a cat enthusiast, a <laughs> hair metal enthusiast, and mm -hmm. a overall race car enthusiast. She is also a tremendously excellent journalist for motorsports and other things, and she co-hosts a podcast, DRS, through Donut Media with Alanis King and Nolan Sykes. Her name is Elizabeth Blackstock. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, how's it going? So good to be here. <laughs> oh, Got the so like, US Grand Prix gang reunited. Yes. We're here, yes. we're doing it. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, I love that little sort of thing now because we, I think, I don't know if I told you, Idris and I have a little like, um, group with uh knockoff mclaren shanali and tiernan and yeah. so like anytime something f1 related news comes up or if there's some meme or something it's always shared between us oh yeah so, like I that love little so much that little cluster of friends has continued onward <gasps> since that usgp it was such a special yeah. weekend the yeah. i love to hear that like it was yeah. so nice just to have it but also like keeping in touch with everyone afterward mm -hmm. has been really cool so yeah i'm so glad everyone came out and like y'all are cool yeah, it's great. <laughs> You're cool. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know we even we adopted the name too, USGP gang. Like it is, yeah. it is the name of the group chat. You know, the crew. <laughs> yeah. oh, I yeah. love that so much. Yeah. I I'll have to send Good you a stuff. picture. One of the fun things we did is there was a moment I forget what Grand Prix, but um, Shanali specifically had some really intense hot takes, and she said Ooh. that she was switching into hater mode. And so oh. I took I think like Lance Strolls. You know that they have the graphic on the Halo, and it says. DRS mode mm. activated. I just photoshopped <laughs> hater mode activated into it, and that's oh, the like. I love picture this so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all great. Um, that's so, so funny. So Elizabeth, tell us about uh, how your past couple of weeks went because you were you were just in London, right, for the FE yes. Grand Prix and stuff. Like, how did that go? What was, was that like? I was a little bit of everywhere. Like the last two months, I think I've been on the road more than I've actually ever been at home. So yeah. I did Ooh. Portland for Formula E. Went right from there to Nashville for Monster Jam, oh, that's right. which yeah. was obscenely fun. Uh, went home for like two weeks, then back on the road again, went to Iowa for IndyCar, and then off to London wow. for Formula E, and now I'm like wow. finally home. Uh, this is my, I was going to say, it's like my first weekend back, so yesterday I did nothing. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so I was like, I'm just gonna lay here, drink coffee, and sit with the cats. Oh, yeah. Uh, so oh, it was yeah. great, but like, honestly, so much fun. Um, London's one of my favorite places, but I, Formula E is also great. I had a very fun little moment where I was interviewing Mitch Evans, and I had spoken to him in Portland, but mm -hmm. also I never want to assume that anyone's gonna remember who I am, so I like <laughs> right, introduced sure. myself. And he was like, yeah, no, we definitely talked before, but that's okay. I have a very forgettable <laughs> face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was no. like, I, was, I just don't want to assume. Like, I wasn't even, uh, yeah. I was real hungover in Portland when we were doing, it was a roundtable interview, <laughs> no, no. so I didn't even ask a single question. I just mm, stood oh, there boy. having the worst day of my life. <laughs> mm. Oh, boy. Like, I'm glad I made an impression on you. <laughs> so, it was It was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Well, no, yeah, that well that Portland FE Grand Prix uh oh, or the Portland like the so E-Prix they call it mm -hmm, right now. Mm -hmm. The um, E-Prix. 
Epre, yes. Uh, absolutely. That was such a fun weekend. I actually uh, had a fun little moment, too. I was listening to a couple of other podcasts, and I was listening to one where they were talking about being at the, the Portland Epre. And they met, made a mention of like, yeah, some guy like got they had that uh, model car in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the thing, like over in the fan area. And like, yeah, some guy like got down. He's like taking pictures of the diffuser. And he's like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, dude, that's weird. But it's not real. But OK. And I was listening. I'm like, oh, that was totally me. I 100% got down and took a picture of the diffuser and I think I said out loud, oh I want to get a picture of the diffuser I was I was nerding out oh, like I know it's a model car but, but like still you, you got to get those shots it's, oh it's so in. cool so it's so cool yeah, how many opportunities it is so you get, cool how many opportunities you get to sit in front of that right and just snap a photo right like I right I get to be the spy for just Red Bull you know <laughs> or I get to channel what it feels like right <laughs> When we when well, we go electric, when Formula One goes electric, you are going to yeah. have the photos and you are going to be prepared. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, there, oh, there, obviously, okay, there's so many things. Like, yes. there's so many things I want to get your opinion on and questions about. Yes, like, and so like that that I'm gonna I gotta write that down because there was one that I was thinking about, and that just has to do with specifically design language, and yeah. mm-hmm. I guess. It's something that we could probably, uh, I definitely want to touch base on at some point too with, because Mm -hmm. the design language across, well, okay, let me just say this first. Yeah. Obviously, one of the big things that we wanted to talk to you about specifically on this episode was IndyCar, because Idris and I have been wanting to talk about it and wanting to get, you Mm -hmm. know, because we're, you know, we do what's F1 podcast, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we want to talk about that, right? Because it's America's premier open wheel, you know, uh, racing series. Mm-hmm. And in the past couple of days, this past week, I've been watching a lot of IndyCar. Um, obviously, I went to the Formula E pre too. And the one thing I noticed was how different the design language is between each series as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, F- FE is all narrow, and they're all really angular. Mm-hmm. And it's like very mm-hmm. cyberpunk. And then yeah you know uh indycar is a little more flowy but still very seemingly like very robust and very kind of Mm -hmm. just like wide and then and then f1 is just like a um it's like something out of uh it's like if blade runner had all smooth edges like you (laughs) know what i mean like it's it's so wild um Mm -hmm. and i guess um in order before we to really kind of start to talk about those differences, I guess the one thing that I would like to ask you, Elizabeth, if you want to kick it off really quick, yeah, is um, sort of when it comes to IndyCar, like where where did where did you sort of like where was the beginning, the apex of your or the the genesis of your like the blossoming IndyCar journey, yeah. like and maybe is it tied to your motorsport journey in general, like? Yes. Yeah, so when I I grew up with NASCAR very a little bit, you know, and mm. we got out of it as a family when I was a kid. I was born and raised in Michigan, so like, oh, okay. always, Ooh. yeah, I was it was in the car industry like pretty mm-hmm. pretty solidly. Um, and then when it it was 2013, I was in college. I was not in college yet. I was in high school. Sorry. Um, movie <laughs> Rush came out. Yes, uh, yep, and yep. I like I had such a crush on Chris Hemsworth because I'd gotten really into Norse mythology. So I went and saw mm-hmm. Thor yep. and then I okay. was like, Oh, like race car. And also this guy that I, this actor, like this is perfect. Mm-hmm. What more do I need? Saw the movie and I got home and on, I can still distinctly remember the car ride home where I was like, I need to Google this because I don't mm-hmm. believe that this is real. Like mm-hmm. they right. obviously Hollywoodified this movie. Sure. And it, like the story wasn't good. The story's way better. Like mm-hmm. James Hunt, and Nikki Lotto actually friends which i think makes that whole story so much more complex i just like deep dived into it 
went to my first race, the U.S. Grand Prix in 2014, thinking like, I'm just going to get this out of my system mm -hmm. uh, because I was going to college down in Austin at okay. the University of Texas at that point. Uh, and by the end of that weekend, my friend and I were like, hey, why don't we just go to like Europe next year? Uh, no big <laughs> deal. Like, we'll just pop over for a couple of races oh, and do man. some stuff. Okay. Um, and then so at that point, I think we both of us were really into it. My friend Remy, we're still like still buddies. Um, mm -hmm. We were like, let's get into this this Formula E thing, because that's we knew a bunch of the racers from Formula E had come from F1. So it was mm -hmm. like we had some familiar names and also like, let's get into this IndyCar thing. We had a, another friend named Zoe who was like, you know, if you think F1 is good, Try mm -hmm. these personalities on for size. If you think mm -hmm. like the things you don't like about F1, where you at that point in time, drivers really weren't allowed to use social media in any way yes, or shape right, or form that right, would make right, them right. seem like a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Zoe was like, here, here are all of these like videos, right? Here's Joseph Newgarden being silly. Here's James Hinchcliffe in a dog wash, like all of this ridiculous <laughs> stuff where it was like, <laughs> it was like, okay, this is fun. This is yeah. fun. Um, yeah you know, going to space camp, like it was just mm -hmm. good yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so in 2015, my friend and I had done that whole like European adventure. We came back and I was like, what are we going to like, what are we going to do now? You know, like mm -hmm. it, it's a long time until the U.S. Grand Prix. We still got a couple of months. We're like, let's just go to an Indy car race, right? Let's just go to Pocono. Yeah. So we drove out to Pocono in 2015. We were amazed by like how cheap it was. We mm -hmm. did infield camping. Mm -hmm. Um, we got paddock passes so you could just walk around in there and we mm -hmm. had tickets. So we watched qualifying from the pit lane. We met all of the drivers. We could oh like see the cars. It was just a totally different experience yeah. than what we had seen in Europe where we were spending a lot more money and getting a lot less for what we were spending. Mm -hmm. right. Um, so it it was definitely life-changing uh in a lot of ways that weekend was a difficult one um mm -hmm. yeah. it ended up being the first time i saw a race car driver pass away oh, uh, justin no. wilson was yeah oh. Oh. but i think that gave us this opportunity to like understand more deeply what motorsport was and yeah, why this yeah. was what makes indycar different and not perhaps quite as sound as formula one yeah um and it was it was really like i don't know I still think back on that weekend and it was primarily sure. a really good time. Like waking up at eight in the morning to the sound of the jet dryers, like blowing off the racetrack. Cause you're in the middle of this triangle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after that, I was like, yeah, I'm hooked. Like the racing is so good. We saw cars going seven wide. Like oh, what an wow, obscene yeah. thing oh, yeah. after, after F1 of like, I just watched Mercedes win every team right. every yeah. race I went to. That's it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's it's it is fascinating. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I remember um, like my F1 journey started around 2010 and I kind of pulled a Dries mm -hmm. into it only because I didn't have anybody <laughs> that was watching it or knew anything about it. Yeah, because like you said, the media was all closed. It was yeah. all like mm -hmm. nobody was really talking about it. I had to like beg my parents to like get the proper dish network channel right. package so yeah. that I could watch yeah. it on speed. Um, mm -hmm. And I pulled, thankfully, pulled Idris into it, and he yeah. was just like, "Yeah, man, this is dope." Like, I think yeah. he was. What was your reaction at first? When you're like, "I don't know," probably, probably just like, you know, because that's typically <laughs> the face I make when something's really exciting. But like, yeah, it was fascinating because Gabe had been trying to get me into this for years and years and years, right? And so mm -hmm. the first motor motorsport event that I went to, and I think it was Gabe's first event too, was Mid Ohio. Was it 2012? 
2013. Uh, yeah. It was 2012 and, or 2013. Yeah. It, well, to be fair, when I was a kid, probably around maybe 2005 or so, 2004, 2005, mm -hmm. I actually went to a cart race at Burt Lakefront Airport in Cleveland. <laughs> And oh, that's like, fun. Yeah, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. All I remember was, <laughs> and we had really good seats. We were right in front of the pit lane. Oh, man. And so, like, I just, the, the, the thing I remember the most is when the cars would take off after they were pitting. It was just the, it, it felt like somebody was, like, in your chest, like, punching mm -hmm. you. Yes. Yeah. 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 The vibration was so yeah. intense. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they were giving away free tires, and I could have taken a tire with me, but, but oh, we didn't oh, have the space. Oh. We didn't have the space. I didn't know. Man. And so, and for the longest time, I also now, like, I was thinking back, like, I went to that race. I didn't even know what, what champ car was mm -hmm. because I didn't mm -hmm. realize the, the kind of, you know, the, it wasn't until we yeah. watched that video, the split. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, as Idris was saying, yeah, we went to, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I think it was 2012. That sounds about yeah. right. 2012 yeah. or 2013-ish. Yeah. And, and I just mm -hmm. remember just that feeling of just being at an event and... We were, we were sitting over in Thunder Valley. That was our first, mm. like, real experience of, like, feeling Ooh. like your chest oh, yeah. is shaking. That's nice. You're like, uh, what is, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and we had always really liked cars, right? Growing up playing mm -hmm. Need for Speed Underground, watching all the Fast and Furious movies, right? So to see all, like, that in real life was just, like, next level, right? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. yeah, Gabe, had, he'd finally chipped away at me to say, look, dude, you're studying engineering. You should watch Formula One. You would really like it. And so... I started Makes watching sense. it. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. as I'm watching, I'm like, why did you not tell me about this later? And he's or earlier. And he's like, dude, I've been telling you for years. You don't listen, you know. <laughs> it's the same with my brother. My yeah. brother for the for years was just like he he kind of poked fun at how much I took uh, F1 seriously as far as as much as liking it. Mm -hmm. And then he watched Drive to Survive and he told me to come over oh. because he wanted to talk to me about it and he mm -hmm. opened the door and he was a little kid with his head down and he was yeah. just like you're right. <laughs> that <was> like, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I was I do. like, once you, once you get into it, like, I think it's, it's a lot more than what people see, which is primarily just like going around in circles. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or, you know, funny looking circles. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. There's like yeah. this whole thing behind it that makes yeah. it what it is. On that subject, Elizabeth, when it, it's specifically talking about, um indycar um mm -hmm. i've observed just like watching i was watching the uh the the sort of the 30 second kind of fast forward replays of the races just to try and catch up as much as i could and absorb mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. um there's a lot of things that i noticed as far as um kind of how it differentiates from like the other like other motorsports around and not us knowing mm -hmm. the background with the cart split and the idea behind that with like oval racing versus like road mm -hmm. racing um i what what would you say is like as far as indycar goes like in in its current state like what mm -hmm. what do you feel is the biggest sort of like appeal as far as like like why would somebody want to watch IndyCar like what what about it gives it sort of a distinction that makes it interesting that's like you would say is the most appeal in that way yeah I think it's like it's so hard to pick a thing yeah uh, mm -hmm. because there's so much about it that I think makes IndyCar what it is but I think mm -hmm. the one that I am actually going to pick is that um you can tell that the personalities within this field and in the paddock and the garage area actually like get along. And mm -hmm. even if you're not, you yeah. know, even if you're watching the racing, you see mm -hmm. a lot more, not necessarily even respectful, but just like it makes 
there's just this different level to it where it feels a little bit smaller. Everyone kind of seems like they know each other. And I think that's the thing. Like F1 can mm. feel so huge and unwieldy yeah. and hard to break into. Um, like it, IndyCar becomes so much different when it's like the fans can get access to this race. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of go and it's not a horrifyingly expensive amount of money. You know, you can go to yeah. the Indy 500 for like 150 bucks and that's like best top of the tier seats that you can get. What? Really? Um, so for the Indy 500? Oh, I thought those tickets yeah. would be like, like, like just like, like four, way more expensive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Wow. no like it's it's wow. a whole it's it's a much more i think accessible thing and i think that is in part because the sport not only like there was the split mm -hmm. but there was one before that in the 70s that people kind of forget about where the teams deviated from the like indianapolis motor speedway sanctioning body mm -hmm. um and so like there's been these divisions this whole time where everyone's been fighting with each other and the sport almost died. Uh, you mm -hmm. had those factions at the like the big split that had gone off and had to come back together in 2008. I think what mm. makes this special is everyone realizes how close it came to American Open Wheel being gone entirely. Yeah. And like everyone seems kind of united and trying to bring it back to life. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing I think that sticks out a lot more. And I don't know. There's just I went like when I was in Iowa this year, um, I was there with the Expel sponsor for Team Penske. Yes. They brought out a wonderful teenager named Reagan. She has her own podcast already called Race Roadie. Like she's full into this, but it was her first race. That's and there awesome. is a gentleman who works at Andretti Autosport named Ziggy, yeah. who mm -hmm. came up to me when I was just a fan and was like, Why do you keep coming to all of these races? Like, what are you what are you doing here? What are you getting out of this? And I was mm -hmm. like, I just want to be here. Every time I see him since then, doesn't matter how long it's been since I last saw him, he will come over and say hi. Wow. He met Reagan the first time this weekend. He chatted to her. He just like told her some jokes. And then he was like, do you want some sunscreen? Do you need some water? If you need anything, I'm going to tell my crew guys what you look like. I'm going to tell them that you guys can come over here anytime you need something. If you just see me, just say mm. something and we'll get you hooked up. Like, oh, wow. you know, things like that. Mm. Where it's That's like, beautiful. That's yeah, great. they like actually yeah. make an effort to make friends. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I think like that's the thing that's once you start to get to know the series a little bit, you'll realize like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like there's mm -hmm. a whole YouTube series about two dudes, two teammates being bros on a bus together, like <laughs> yeah. hanging out in the bus lot. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. And that's, I think that's the thing that really makes it like special for me. And yeah. then I think. If you come from like the cutthroat, like everyone, not even like yelling at each other from mm -hmm. everyone, but like the passive aggressive, we use the media to like sass yes. each yes. other. No one's ever had a yes. conversation yeah. in their entire lives. It's yes. like just refreshing. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, that reminds me. So when we were at uh, just at Mid Ohio, Drees, do you remember that that's uh, the Simon Paginot crash? That big one that happened. Oh my in, God. Uh, yeah qualifying mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. what we were we looked on the screen and i didn't realize this until later uh, somebody had talked about it on youtube there was a, a medical worker who was standing with him on the side and she was holding his hand and she was kind of pulling mm -hmm. on his hand and like talking to him and somebody mm -hmm. pointed out that the medical staff follows the sport they're not yes. supplied by like the track and so these are like mm -hmm. people who interact wow. with the drivers and check in with mm -hmm. them constantly yeah and so it's not just their medical needs that they're familiar with but it's also it's like everything their emotional needs mm -hmm. yeah and that is really that is honestly just super beautiful and yeah. i yeah. i do agree although i will ask um 
I did see uh what was it? What was it? I think it was Road America. Um Romain Grosjean and Scott Dixon had like a little punch up or something like on the track. Oh and, yeah. Like, yeah. He said he wanted to like punch Grosjean or something like that. Does that yeah. is that fueled by a lot of adrenaline like it is with F1 or like... You get a lot of the adrenaline but there's also currently with the way that IndyCar has evolved there's a mm-hmm. little bit of a distinction between the guys who have come in from other sports okay. particularly European ones who have mm. a very different uh... attitude and mindset. Okay. And so that's a kind of a criticism you'll hear a lot about someone like Grosjean even Alexander Rossi who come from this like mm-hmm. PR trained we don't make friends we fight hard kind of mm. attitude mm-hmm. okay. um and like you'll get like a lot of times it takes a little while to break down people had the same reactions to like marcus erickson but now he's a good mm. friend of everyone yeah. in the area yes yeah. but like that's grosjean is still one of those where there's it's not just like the adrenaline but it's also kind of like the ideological aspects yeah. of these sure. two different sports bumping heads where i see you know people don't think grosjean is racing as very as respectfully as they would race anyone else within the IndyCar series. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. He comes yeah. from more of like a all each man for himself kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is more of the European side as opposed to like, yes, you know, I'm not saying everyone works together and we're all like nice all the time in IndyCar, sure. but like there is more of this, like, I think a recognition that the cars are still a lot more dangerous than they would be in F1. Sure. You still don't yeah. want to screw around with that kind of stuff, especially mm-hmm. on certain tracks yeah, um sure that like it makes it a, you know you have to approach it a little bit differently and mm-hmm. grosjean has not quite got there yet he's still oh, he's still yeah. got that punch up about him i mean yeah he's coming he's still fresh out of uh, formula one right so i mean for him to unlearn mm-hmm. that right i mean he grew up in the european racing circuits right so yeah. that's gonna be tough to kind of overcome right but it is mm-hmm. good to hear Marcus Erickson has been embraced. You know, like I did recently yeah. hear that he said that he really enjoys racing in IndyCar, right? That it's just he mm-hmm. would recommend others to come join it too. And I, I love seeing this influx of people from outside, right? Like IndyCar is yeah. really becoming more of an international um, mm-hmm. like recruiting pool type of thing, right? Where people yeah. are just coming in. They're like, yeah, this is fun too. You know, this there's, there's a mm-hmm. lot that the sport has to offer. And I think the races that we've been to and the races that we've been watching, I think just highlight and elicit that even even Mm -hmm. even more so yeah yeah it's getting back to the point that it was kind of in the 90s where that was this thing that was big big appeal where like nigel mansell won a formula one world championship Mm -hmm. and was like we're going over to indycar yeah part of it like yes he was kind of like squeezed out of contracts yes that was a big part of it Mm -hmm, Uh, and i don't want to deny that but also it was it was a comparably compelling series at the time that Mm -hmm. was on its way to rival what formula one was if it had mm-hmm. been able to um am i allowed to swear i should sure. ask that ahead yeah. of time to keep it shit together if they had done that like who knows where we'd be <laughs> yeah. now but yeah yeah it, the, it, well it's always funny with those weird like especially like listening to the the split between the irl and the cart and like the the whole mm-hmm. like there was like um you hear this old like kind of what was like mid like late 80s early 90s like little introduction video just like here at irl we're here <laughs> yeah. to bring out the most important <laughs> racing aspect and we we believe in close racing and that's why mm-hmm. we race on ovals right yeah. and it's it's it is really fascinating to hear that a lot of the concerns that people have about modern F one are mm-hmm. still going on. Right, mm-hmm. like right. everyone's still concerned about close racing. They're still concerned about how many passes happen, mm-hmm. and 
that's the one thing I will say that I noticed um, as I'm watching, because I, I was telling Idris that I was having some really conflicting feelings as I was watching these races in Indy because I'm just like, yeah. it, it, mm -hmm. it, it, I, I felt like on the edge I of your wish seat. F1 was at, I will, yeah, and I wish, yeah. I, part of me wishes that F1 was this exciting all the time. And yeah. I, I guess for me, um, one thing, if you could explain to me specifically, because I know there's some people contest this. But from mm -hmm. what I understand, um, uh, IndyCar is sort of a, is kind of a spec series in a sense, right? Yeah. Because the chassis are, are essentially universal. They use the same mm -hmm. aero kits depending on the race, and the mm -hmm. engines are more or less the same as well, right? Like they're they're, they're even though it's yeah. Honda and Chevy, mm -hmm. the regulations are so close that they're almost inseparable mm -hmm. from each other in a way. Um, yeah. And like F one is not that. F one is all about mm -hmm. like here's the regulations but like interpret them in the the best way you can through right so i mean what when you think about those sort of specific differences like are there aspects of the way that indycar has their technical structure set in place that f1 could benefit from or do you think that like f1 should sort of retain its own identity in that sense it's, it's a, that's like such a big like overarching ideological question yeah. mm -hmm. that I have so many feelings about that all conflict <laughs> with each other. Um, yeah. Like part of the reason that IndyCar is a spec series and it is so competitive is because they needed to encourage people to come back and race in the series. Right. And when this, you know, everything had fractured apart, there were those big divisions previously where there were teams that were just so much better and had the money to be so much better and could dump in the money to do, you know, crazy things with crazy engines and crazy aerodynamic parts. Mm -hmm. um, but that split kind of forced everyone to, to reconvene. Um, and you'll notice that even minor, I don't even want to say minor, there changes in the structure of the rules and stuff will regularly get pushed back in IndyCar in a way that you mm. would never see in Formula One. Hmm. Um, okay. We've been supposed to go to hybrid engines for years, and that keeps getting um. pushed back because there's not enough. Everyone's just kind of worried, like, you just don't have the money to do it. You just don't sure. have the opportunity or the ability. Um, and it does kind of create a forced level playing field in a lot mm -hmm. of ways and i don't necessarily think that is an issue i also don't really think that's what formula one is trying to be formula mm -hmm. one wants to be the pinnacle of evolution and development and it is making choices that like go against it like cost cap and stuff i understand why these things yeah. exist yeah you're right um but like it's so it's difficult in this day and age where the advantages you're getting are so minute and they're so yeah. technical that it takes mm -hmm. those millions of dollars to get that level up on your competition. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, I wish that there was a little bit more that F1 would do, but also F1 is, it's trying to reconcile its own perception of itself yes. with what it needs to be on track. And yeah. it, you know, you're not getting I, I, like I always I encourage people to look back on the history of F1 mm -hmm, and right. you realize like it wasn't always perfect. You had a lot of different winners, not necessarily because one car 
that every car was better just because right. all the cars were bad. No one's <laughs> yeah. the same yeah. freaking race. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. You know, you, you got seven different winners in seven different races, yeah. not because like, you know, everyone was on equal playing fields because yeah. four cars finished a race. Yeah. yeah like, it just like yeah. a plume it's, of smoke yeah. would explode. And like, yeah. The leader's out. The leader's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fun to watch. That's yeah. cool. But also yeah. like you, in 2023 you are yeah. not at that point anymore you've refined the cars to the point mm -hmm. where like it's rare if a retirement happens it's a big deal not right. like that's the primary thing yeah. that happens to everyone who enters this race right it yeah. needs to like look at it from a different perspective i think it needs you know i think it, it needs to take itself a lot less seriously formula one um yes. Yes. in order to, to understand yes. like you know, what do you want this to be? It seems like they're at this crossheads right now or they want it to be entertainment. They also want it to be top of the line, technical, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can't reconcile those two things. Like that's just not going Correct. to exist unless you are giving everyone the money and the opportunities to, you know, exist on that level playing yeah. field. But they're not because Ferrari just gets extra money because it's there like yeah. oh like you can't you can't oh. have all of these things and be the same you know be a competitive yes. sport right. that's just not how right. it works right gabe and i have very strong feelings about the ferrari legacy like it is yeah mm -hmm. uh, that is that is a whole nother topic we'll delve into but like bro what imagine, said, imagine getting that much money and still being bad oh my just like repeatedly, repeatedly like how hard can i punch myself in the face and just to, just to, just for the heck of oh doing it guys it. like that's ferrari Ooh. every single race Oh my it, goodness! It, it's funny because it's like, is it funny? Like, they're it getting like funny. hundreds I mean, it's of millions funny. of dollars. It's, it's hilarious. This is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, what's interesting is that, like I said, like so, I started watching in like 2010, right? So that was yeah. like the mm -hmm. Fernando Alonso, Felipe Massa, yeah. for, uh, Ferrari era, right? Mm -hmm. And even then, they were winning races, but red bull was just better and even mm -hmm. back then though i remember ferrari being like what are you guys doing like they were doing something wrong they would mess yeah. up some strategy you know mm -hmm. like alonso the like part of the reason why i i have a soft spot for him and the for part of the reason why like i fell kind of in racing love with him as a driver <laughs> is because like he he was able to take as a poor situation at ferrari where they were mess they were like they were not Mm -hmm. doing what they needed to help him and yet he still was able to find race results and he even yeah. said like i don't care if i'm uncomfortable in a car if it's fast that's <laughs> what i care about and i can respect that mm -hmm. as a as like a driver but especially when i was listening to vettel who would complain if his seat was like slightly out of position or something like that at that <laughs> yeah. time in his rebel <laughs> yeah. era um but like I, yeah this has been going on forever and i remember mm -hmm. when like sebastian showed up there i would thought like oh this will be interesting and like he started winning and i'm like oh maybe this is it nope mm. Mm. No, yeah. didn't, yeah. didn't happen. They, that legacy payment, they might as well go to catering, if we're honest. Like, <laughs> yep. there's no point. <laughs> and catering for all, right? The yes. best pasta bar yeah. in the world. Oh, best hot pasta bar. <laughs> the best <laughs> With that, you know, it makes me think, or actually maybe use that money to let Andretti into F1. Like, come on. Like, I, I agree 100%. Like, you got to stop taking yourself so seriously. And it's really mm. frustrating because... I think one of the things I really admire about yes. IndyCar is I think that like when it comes to motorsports, I think outside of safety, entertainment is like the biggest the biggest selling factor, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting mm -hmm. to see that IndyCar governing body, sanctioning body has brought down the the regulations to a level where 
any and everyone can come in, right? Like the three of us, mm-hmm. we can st- throw, throw together a quick five milli, you know, start up a team, right? Ta- Taco Bell, <laughs> five McDonald's. Five that's a lot for Indiegogo. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'd be like down for the field. Yeah. <laughs> but, a quick but, five but, mil. But the, yeah, 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 you know, a quick five milli. But that is like no a drop deal. in the bucket for what you need for Formula One, right? Yes, and right. you look at Formula One and it's like they're at such a weird crossroads, right? Because Formula E, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the FIA like dropped the ball big time on this. With, or I'm sorry, like F1 did as far as, you know, electrification of their cars, right? Because here you mm-hmm. have Formula E holding like an ex, like an exclusive rights like to the technology, like the platform, uh, the power plant, yep. right? Until 2039. And now you have mm-hmm. F1 here in 2023. That's a figure it out up until that point, right? But at the same time, mm-hmm. you have biofuels. At the same time, you have sustainable fuels. At the same time, you have people saying, let's just go back to V8s and 100% raw gasoline just poured in, baby. Yeah. You know? So it's like, like you have to make a choice here. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the 2026 technical regulations that come in for Formula One yeah. and what happens after the fact. Because this is kind of like a huge identity crisis they're facing. And I think it's because yeah. of this super seriousness they've had for so long. And well, yeah, I, yeah. I think this is why IndyCar just like as we've been watching this, like and just like diving deep into this, I'm just like this is excellent what IndyCar is doing because they're really hitting the nail on the head as far as just mm-hmm. we know what you guys want, we're gonna give it to you. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Like, it, uh, no, just mm-hmm. this is another rant I have. Just like the FIA talking about, oh, we're gonna make we're gonna regionalize the calendar and everything, right? And then you look at the calendar. It's like this is not. If we're talking, you change like two things. Oh my yeah, <laughs> two. <laughs> if we're yeah. talking about like reducing carbon footprint and stuff, like I don't think F one is necessarily like the racing yeah. is the way to do it necessarily. That is rant aside, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just the seriousness of which they take the to which they take themselves. I think is kind of negatively impacting things right now. So just like kudos mm-hmm. to IndyCar for like I think just really nailing the formula on that. Ha. Well, Formula. yeah, you know what's funny? That's one of the things that was really giving me conflicting feelings because I read that mm-hmm. article that you sent us, Elizabeth, yeah. that you did about yeah. sort mm-hmm. of like the kind of F1 car. Oh, so good. Yeah. Thank and you. one of it, it actually it answered a couple of questions, but I just wanted to kind of clarify specifically because one mm-hmm. of the conflicting things that I was getting that I was just like, this is strange, is the fact that I was when I thought about it, you had mentioned that IndyCar is using like carbon net neutral fuels right from shell mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're using uh their their tire material is not rubber yes. it's like right. another material it's it's called Wyuli, and okay. it is rubber adjacent product derived okay. from a shrub that grows in the arizona desert takes a lot oh. less water to grow they can also mm. harvest it and use it in the you know right there no shipping costs none of that the it releases a lot less grossness into the environment and they are it's the alternate tire now on this mm-hmm. every street circuit so they're racing in nashville right now if you look at the green tires like they that's the ones so that the eco-friendly wow. ones yeah, yeah. And i like that blew my mind i had no idea about that and so now yeah. like when i mm-hmm. think about it i'm like okay so they're using like um they're using more environmentally friendly materials they are most on one continent, so their travel, their travel costs, and their travel emissions are way less than F one mm-hmm. because they're not hauling stuff across in planes, which like planes mm-hmm. are some of the worst emitters yeah. as far yeah. as like. And the fact that like it also you're getting the win win because this makes it 
more accessible as far as to the fans like you were saying like mm-hmm. be only paying like mm-hmm. i like i bought my tickets to pir for the indie race and the panic pass that was 165 bucks that's like half mm-hmm. the price that Man. we pay for just general admission at mm-hmm. texas yeah the, yeah pp there and that to me it, it almost feels like it's too good to be true it's like how in mm. the world can we get this much entertainment and be this much guilt-free or get this much guiltless <laughs> about it you know yeah um because like because and and i think like yeah that i i would agree with Idris. it's just like how, you guys f1 has this thing where it's like indycar at this point has nothing left to lose it's like it's the underdog right. they Completely. went through their split they're trying to rebuild so it's like hey man we're just here whatever we're yeah. just doing it and f1 yeah. is just like they're like the mvp high school person like but like they graduated high school yeah right? it's so over yeah. they're sort of like still feel like they're at the top of their popularity and they're trying Coach. to do everything they're like still hanging out at Dude. the high school during the summer and helping out the freshman football players but like everyone's just like wait didn't you graduate yeah. like they would have won. Have- <laughs> they would have won if Coach had put him in at States. <laughs> we we make a reference to that like almost every single episode and without oh. fail. Like <laughs> no, Napoleon perfect, Dynamite. Perfect place. Is, yeah. It is one of those uh it is one of those um turning points the of my humor experience. as a person. Oh. Yes, a hundred percent. As oh, a young man. adult like i i still think about that movie occasionally <laughs> like everything that i've gotten out of from it my fandom for jamiroquai oh yeah um like just my my the the aesthetics of it the color palette mm-hmm. and just you it mm-hmm. is one of the most quotable movies ever yeah. but um it really is i'm curious next uh i'd like to ask you um something mm-hmm. that uh two things i had specifically thought of one thing that happened in mid ohio that i remember uh, so in mid Ohio, um, the first turn, Marcus Erickson f- like flipped over another car and and, mm-hmm. and landed. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I noticed IndyCar does that I kind of wish Formula One would do is they just like tow them out yeah. of the side of the track and just let them keep going and get back to the pits and try and start again. Um, mm-hmm. We were under the impression that Marcus Erickson was just done. But they yep. ended up fixing his car, yep. and he went around mm-hmm. for a couple of laps, Send him back even out. though he was like, you know, three quarters of the race was done. Mm-hmm. Why would a team make that decision to do? Because I noticed that they get they get at least five points for finishing last. Yes. But like, is mm-hmm. there a reason why they would go around a few laps even though they're like so far down? Yeah, so it, it is a matter of like if you can bump up a position over top of someone else. Like if you log more laps than someone else who is mm, retired okay. you can move up you can actually get more points um which is um, you know you, you always want those they count for a lot sure um, indycar right. has a much different point system than f1 where like almost everyone who f- does anything in a race gets extra points mm-hmm. um f1's only the top 10 um so mm-hmm. it, it, it if you can get out there and you can't like maybe there's a big crash maybe six cars get wiped out and you've got mm. one more lap over them mm like that's it makes sense and if you can get some stuff like there is actually a reward for going out there and doing that f1 it's like if you're gonna be you know if you fix it for six laps and then you get back out there you're six laps behind it's over you're not gonna get anything from it yeah yeah there's no way you're ever going to make those up yeah yeah but indycar there is an incentive to actually get back out and do it yeah and they penalize people for for going off track or not going off track of uh, if they get penalized if like the marshals try and push them you know try and get them going again or something i i don't yeah. understand that like i wish like yeah. i don't know like right i wish they would be get a chance to get back out on track because that's what people want to see right right i was gonna they say that's a very a european con like 
context i think um hmm. same thing at lamar like that was one of the big things in the in the olden days was like no outside help because people it was a lot easier to like just like hey fellas from the woods mm. my car is dead come help me get it back out on track hey um, you woodland people yeah come here like just come on come on so like it, it was it's one of those things where it was like it was it's just a much different atmosphere of what we allow here in america yeah. as opposed to what like decorum and rules they have over in europe yeah yeah 100 yeah. so the running theme seems to be just the the pomp and circumstance of the fia right the smoking mm -hmm. pipe and you know sm smoking jack and everything and it's so funny because i think we recently had an instance of this that was just kind of astounding to watch like unfold right and that was a whole Col uh, mm -hmm. golden herta situation a couple years back right yeah yep yeah, i think your so face says it all your face says it all so yeah let's just, <laughs> just dive right in i want to we want to hear all of your thoughts because it just seems it just kind of points towards this whole thing of like oh well the americans uh, they cannot raise it now so you know what i mean like it, it just comes off very mm -hmm. we are like, exclusive the, yeah yeah and, and retired and the way yeah. they the way they like just evaluate super license or i guess like allocate super license mm -hmm. points and stuff is just it just seems to be out of whack right so like what are you yeah. what are your thoughts on that and how do we fix it so that we get more um, like americans into that system who want to go over uh into f1 from indycar right Oh, I, I have so many, I have so many, I could write a manifesto on this whole thing. <laughs> the IndyCar manifesto. Um, yeah. On a piece of loose the leaf first... and you just slip it under the Andretti, <laughs> like, you know, trailer. <laughs> yeah. Here you go, fellas. Mm -hmm. This is all Here you'll need. Is. This is mm -hmm. your argument. My first, like, going point is that the FIA is kind of a clique. It is mm. an international racing organization, but it also is international in the context of like continental european primarily yeah. uh we've got two very distinct car cultures when you look at the two countries side by side two very different evolutions of how racing happened two very different like contexts in which racing is still conducted today so if you are an american fan and you show up to a race you probably have a different idea of how that race will go down and what it will entail than mm -hmm. if you were a french fan you have so many different expectations. Sure. That means, you know, you've got the European side where they had these organizations developed and these rich dudes racing cars, you know, <laughs> forever ago because had, you know, America, when cars were developed, like wasn't fully done yet. Like we still, <laughs> we, there was a lot of work to go. Yeah. When, when, when you were over in Europe, like you at least had some like horse tracks you yeah. could race on yeah. like you yeah. could go do things uh -huh. so you had very very different evolutions and then you've got the europeans looking over at america and they're like well what are you like what are you doing that's so silly you're racing on an oval track because that's you know it was a horse track like what do you do we got rid of that years ago mm -hmm. uh like you thank your sponsors why do you do that that's so silly we don't have to do that we just like people just assume mm -hmm. and then you've got them looking over and seeing especially in the context of indycar mm -hmm. these power struggles playing out over mm. and over and over yeah. again where no one can agree no one can do anything everyone is falling apart everyone is falling out f1 had something similar in the late 70s early 80s they had the teams form their own organization the constructors that were going against what the fia essentially was at the time mm. because the teams wanted more money and the fia was like you know we'll, mm -hmm. we're keeping it and doling it out as we see fit 
what you have now currently in the FIA is the winning party of that argument looking over at Americans and seeing us do the same thing in the very recent past mm, and okay. having like no sympathy whatsoever. Like, screw you guys. It's, you know, we're, we don't need to do this. So gotcha. there's a whole, a whole lot of like context there, but also you do have the context of Indy, IndyCar is different. They're looking at it with a totally different lens of value as opposed to what, you know, we see open wheel racing that's really competitive, people fighting. Mm. The cars are so different, though. The, you know, the racing types are so different. The circuits are so different. You've got this like look from the FIA that says, actually, no, this isn't fine. Um, this isn't worth our time. This isn't worth us giving mm. any value or attention to. Mm. And like, I do think the FIA undervalues the skills of drivers in IndyCar. Mm -hmm. I think that's terrible. Like they had something right. very similar with Pato Award where yeah. Pato was like getting into IndyCar and then they signed him into Red Bull and then they were going to pull him over there and then they were like, actually, you're not going to have the super license points we want. So we're just going to cast you off. Um, Red Bull. But I think like, well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> the Red Bull is just this whole thing. Another yeah. can of worms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you write a whole nother I, manifesto about Red Bull? Honestly, 100%. Honestly. Yeah. And they're specifically about helmet, though, honestly. Like, real talk. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. <sighs> what a terrible little man. Just, yeah. He needs to just stop. Just put, just, you know, just say, like, okay, Grandpa, here's your Retire. cup. Sit down. Yeah, I just yeah. every time that man says something, I'm just like, oh, it's like, please. We don't need stop. to. We don't need to ask him anymore. Yep. Like we, we don't. Not nope. Talk to him. Just, we don't. <laughs> no, and clearly he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, clearly he really. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. I remember him saying, like, uh, just as a little aside, I remember him saying that Danny Ricardo was not in the running to replace DeVries, and then guess what? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. So it's just like either Red Bull or him are lying, yeah. or somebody's not communicating. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I or both i don't know apparently yeah. all of their other options fell through and then they had to con consider him i guess who knows yeah 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 well yeah. it is funny um to go back to our discussion about specifically drivers too um and uh, yeah. when 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 i getting into indycar now i have a soft spot for roman grosjean and like he was like yeah. he's like my guy he's like i you know i remember watching him in F1. I remember that big accident he had at Belgium, and I remember how much mm -hmm. that affected him mentally. 2012, and right? Yeah, I think so. That was like he just flipped over the field, mm -hmm. and everybody yeah. blamed him. And uh, I remember thinking he was one of those drivers, along with one of your favorites too, Jean Eric Verne. Where I remember those two guys, I remember were just like ones that people did not appreciate that much. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like they they kind of got the rug swept on, out from under them a little bit. I mean, mm -hmm. Grosjean had a, a decently long, lengthy career in F one, which yeah. I mean, you know, is great, but that's why I was really excited to see that when he came into IndyCar, like he was, you know, more or less pretty well received by the fans. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he had those two uh, top two finishes at the beginning of the year, and then mm -hmm. he just kept binning it into every wall, every race. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what mm -hmm. is going on? Yeah. And, I mean, do you mm -hmm. think that that kind of ties into, like you said, sort of like having that sort of European driving background and mentality sort of affecting it? Or do you think, like, it's just a matter of him kind of, getting kind of still getting used to the team and also are the teams at indycar as cutthroat as like red bolt where it's like if he keeps crashing <laughs> into the wall they're going to be like well bro man sorry you're out there's multiple things i'm going to touch on here mm -hmm. um the first big one is like when you think about european racing mm. it's easy to not screw up like if you go 
fall off the track. You can just kind of keep driving and it's fine. Yeah, sure. Right. Here in IndyCar, like you drive off the track and there's grass literally right there. There's a wall right there. You know, there are other cars in your way. Mm-hmm. Um it makes for a much different driving experience where the mistakes that you can make in F1 are punished a lot harder mm-hmm. than they would be normally. So it, it's a whole different, I think. He's still kind of figuring that out. He's still sure. figuring out, you know, when you get used to an open wheel car, it's so it's difficult to get into like another one that's kind of sort of a little bit similar, but not at mm. all the same thing. Yeah. And then expect that you can control that horsepower, the different downforce and to learn sure. all of these different things in a field of like 27 cars some weekends. Like there's just mm. so much that can go wrong. But it is also the same where it's like if Grosjean is not delivering to the team, it is going to be a matter of like they can just cut him and mm. You know, it's been a rumor that I have heard for a while is that like he's just like he needs to get his get it together because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, when when an indie car breaks, like the cars themselves aren't a lot of money, but the teams also don't have infinite supplies to just make things go away. So you've got (laughs) you've got a broken car every weekend, like bad news bears. You've got Mm -hmm. like. You're just not going to be able to fix it. You're not going to have the spares you need. You're not going to have the supplies you need. And then when you get to the end of the year and someone else needs help, like it's over. You can't do anything with your team anymore. Yeah. So it it's definitely one of those like it's not quite as cutthroat as as a Red Bull is, but it is also still motorsport. Like you mm-hmm. have to be delivering and you have to be like I don't want to say earning your keep, but all sure. you know not being worse for the team than you are of a benefit <laughs> sure there comes sure. a point where like yeah. being roman grosjean and a former f1 driver does not matter if you yeah. just like yeah. also yeah. are like ringing the death knell of every single chassis that ever comes your way mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh that that's that's a bummer i mean i, I it's hope tough, i but... hope he gets it together i mean yeah absolutely right yeah there's a there's a mm-hmm. balance you must maintain there you you got to be better than you are mm-hmm. worse than you are you know <laughs> yeah do you feel like the uh, one of the couple of things that come to mind in my head now when you talk about sort of the idea of like cars going off, having the runoff areas mm-hmm. and some like kind of not? Um, what are your thoughts about the state of the tracks as far as IndyCar when it comes to safety and like kind of how they are? Because I did notice a lot of the tracks just have a mm-hmm. lot of walls. Yes. And a lot of just, yeah, if you yeah. hit, like, especially um, St. Petersburg, there's that turn where there was mm-hmm. um, Pagano went over another driver. And I couldn't yes. help but notice that there was just a tire barrier there and they hit the tire barrier and they just like bounced back into traffic. And mm-hmm. like, I was just like, that can't be safe. And then yeah. it also makes me think of like when uh, when um, Austria happened and everybody kept getting those penalties for going off the mm-hmm. track. And I was thinking to myself, like, if there was a wall there, everybody would be crashing into that wall, apparently. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. if that was the thing. So, like, well, yeah, what, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on, like, just that generally? Like, there's it's a, a another like area of conflict where, like, I definitely am aware of the fact that IndyCar is not as robust and safe as car in because, mm-hmm. like, the development of the cars, the amount of money that you can put in them has just been limited. And like, there have been far more fatal accidents in IndyCar in the past 20 years than in F1. That's just mm. a, a fact of the matter. Um, yeah. Part of it is like, you know, they are not racing on circuits that are up to FIA grade one standards. Yeah. Mm. But they're also, 
not able to, I think, make the investment that is required to sure. build up those facilities. Like IndyCar developed Safer Barrier, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the cushion in the inside of it. When you hit it, it cuts down some of that that pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when those tire barriers push you back into traffic, that is a matter of, you know, it, a safety issue. But those tracks are often so tight as well that you're not going at the speeds that you would mm, okay. where that would sure. really be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um still not great yeah <laughs> but it is it it is kind of like that throwback series where like everyone you know wishes that f1 would race on xyz track mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the way that it used to exist when they raced on it 40 some years ago sure yeah um i like indycar has done well and has developed a lot of things especially it's the advances it's made on oval track safety are mm-hmm incredible um the use of like the hans device that had neck safety yes yes there's yes. so much pioneering stuff that went on in indycar um if you haven't read this the book rapid response mm. i highly recommend it mm. it okay. comes okay. from one of the one of the two like full-time physicians who started working with indycar and developing the okay. safety team that we know today that travels with the crews and is there and gets to know them And the um, yeah, one of the like, they were conducting pioneering research that Bernie Ecclestone was asking for to utilize in Formula One. Like they had facilities that they were building, things that they were doing, procedures that they had implemented that you know were a cut above everything else. Mm. So they have kind of this infrastructure that happens and that it exists where it it can kind of pick up the slack a little bit on those tracks where it is not quite so safe but then you mm. also have to be aware that you might end up at places like Pocono where mm. you know my husband and I went the first time we went on a race together as like mm-hmm. an official couple was when ah. Robert Wickens had his hair, terrible accident oh. um my husband's Canadian so it was like the guy he was cheering for mm-hmm. and we watched them like zip tie a rusty like fence to the hole in the fence and we just got and left because that that was a level of safety that i was like i cannot zip ties are good they're not that good yeah yeah they're not like indycar full force through the hole kind of good like they're not going to withstand that kind of pressure yeah so you know there have been things like that where like that's still a place where indycar absolutely needs to continue to grow Mm. but that is also the reason why pocono is not on the schedule anymore because enough people i.e me complained about it publicly enough and you know were refusing to go i was living Mm. in philadelphia at the time it was just a drive up the road yeah and it was like but i don't want to go watch someone get ridiculously hurt right yes i think i think one of the things that gets lost in translation sometimes when when we as motorsports fans say we want excitement right like we don't Mm -hmm. we we want to see people right on the edge you know what i mean you don't want to see people ever go over that edge right and it's really disheartening whenever you know you see like you just look at the history of motorsports how many times Mm -hmm. we just refuse to learn from past incidents of people Mm -hmm just letting letting racing go on in very unsafe conditions right like one that comes mm-hmm. to mind that really really irked like gabe and i and i want to say you actually mentioned this on podcast too on, on drs um yeah. was uh pierre gasly and suzuka right oh. that is like so incredibly dangerous right and it's like yeah. guys i understand we want to let the racing go on and stuff but like we have yeah. we have a one-to-one incident that happened with this back in 2014 mm-hmm. which was bianchi right Mm-hmm. why why have we not learned from that right yeah why are we if, zip tying 
fences together. Like, that's absurd. It's a metaphor, yeah. seemingly, for the safety uh, of, of some, like, attitudes of, like, uh, that'll do. You know, it's fine. It's together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like you can't half-ass your way to yep. to being, like, productive, healthy, safe series. Like, it requires making preliminary steps before there's even an indication of a problem mm -hmm. or, you know, the first, like, hint of it. Yeah. It's honestly mind-blowing to me that we still have feeder series chassis that cannot sustain a side hit oh. and that we yeah. can see drivers continue yeah. that we still put them on wet conditions at spa mm -hmm. it, oh my god yeah I, I don't understand how that is still allowed to happen you know what right. i mean like there's yeah. just the, it's not just you know we can look at indycar and be mm -hmm. like yeah it's you know this the standards aren't up to par but you've also got oh, similar yeah. issues that are happening yeah. everywhere in every yeah. series that need to be addressed yeah and yeah. it's like that's is another and it was unacceptable to race at pocono it is also unacceptable to be putting these cars out at spa that are you know in the wet yeah. potential mm -hmm. to like cause someone's death yeah. it just yeah. goes you know and we've seen it yeah. this is something that like we should have addressed many a year ago mm -hmm. and still continue to allow to happen yeah. and then you have these yeah. feeder series too like these are like 14 15 16 year olds right so there's also these mm -hmm. power dynamics yeah. at play here where these are literal children mm -hmm. who can't say yeah. like hey i don't want to do this right as opposed to just being told no you're going to get out there and just do this because the team really needs yeah. you this weekend you know it, it's it's very risky it's very risky and it is i'm glad i'm glad uh they listened to you and they were like hey remove pocono you know black <laughs> Sox says it's off the calendar this yeah. year says it's it, off. Yeah. all me i lose my input <laughs> explicitly we, we are poking no way going yeah it's i i agree i don't think that a race a, a race car that will literally split in half from a side impact should not be allowed on a racetrack let alone yeah. like yeah. in the rain um, I also think that it is very still unfortunate that we do not make it seemingly do not make big safety innovations until somebody loses their life. Or right. Has some, mm -hmm. Like we didn't get the virtual safety car until Jules Bianchi. The whole yeah. screen arrow screen and halo device thing did not come around until after Dan Whedon and mm -hmm. Jules had those accidents. Yeah. Well, and um, and then um, and Justin Wilson it? at Pokemon. And Justin Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like it, it's frustrating that it takes so long for us to get to this point, and people yeah. have to lose I mean, their life for it. Mm -hmm. There were similar things where, like in in NASCAR, the Hans device wasn't made mandatory; you could choose not to do to wear that until Dale Earnhardt was killed. That's right. similar, you know. Even if there are these technologies that exist and these things that have been proven to help, you know, when do you implement them? It's always a little bit too late. Yeah, and. Yeah. Sometimes you don't realize what what needs to be fixed until it needs to be fixed and you yeah. find out the hard way. You, there's no way you can simulate every possible disaster sure. that can go wrong on a racetrack. Yeah. But also when you've got overwhelming evidence that these things keep happening in a specific place in a specific way and in mm -hmm. a specific like with certain drivers, perhaps we could do something about that a little speedier. Mm -hmm. Then you know, just sitting around and waiting and hoping right. something will change. Exactly. Well, and you know, one thing this is this is a little segue to the next thing I, I'd like to have a discussion with uh, with us about. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, safety concerns and people being injured on track. Not only is it not good for, I mean, obviously the people involved, it's also not mm -hmm. good for like the 
spectators and the sponsors yeah. because like mm-hmm. nobody yeah. wants to see that because they're yeah. here to be entertained and the yes. sponsors don't want to have a car where their logo is split in half and somebody dies yeah um, correct and so i guess um that makes me think though too like i'd like to talk about sponsorship um mm-hmm. specifically in an in, in car yeah because this is the one one of the things that when I was watching it, Idris, I don't know if you felt the same thing, Idris, when you were kind of consuming some content. Mm. But coming from F1, I mean, I'm used to that sort of world where, you know, originally the cars raced in the country's colors. Mm-hmm. And then Lotus was like, well, we're going to be sponsored by, uh, you know, a cigarette brand. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. they changed the whole thing. And but even throughout F1's history, for the most part, the drivers were distinguished on track like whether they were like two in a pair they had the same mm-hmm. livery and the same sponsors and so it was always easily identifiable i was watching indycar and apart from like willpower and maybe like yeah. kirkwood like like jo- joseph yeah. newgarden has had like three or four different liveries like across oh, the season mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so it's much a little it's, it's almost so hard much. to yeah. realize i'm like who's this green car mm-hmm. on track that's yeah. newgarden like where, how, where is it that, what's the reason for IndyCar kind of allowing all these changes to be in this way like they do? Like, are there are there any regulations behind it? Like, how does that compare to the way F1 does advertising on the cars and stuff? F1 has, like, F1 implemented very strict rules in, I believe it was the 80s, but maybe don't quote me on that, about mm-hmm. how many drivers were allowed to be on a team and what mm-hmm. those cars could look like. Hmm. So there used to be a time in F1 where you could just have a one-off car that shows up for a race. You could have six cars on a team that came to a track just because mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and then F1 kind of cut that down for, you know, part of it was the easily digestible thing of like, these two drivers are in these two cars at every time and those cars look the same mm-hmm. but deals are done much differently in european motorsport than in america and this was something that alanis and i learned while we were riding racing with rich energy mm-hmm. in america uh, those deals are much more temporary they often are tied to a driver not so much the team okay. so when you've got issues over in europe that you know mercedes is negotiating with ftx for that sponsorship red bull is negotiating with oracle and they're doing it on the sense of longevity they're doing it as this is a full-time sponsorship thing that you can benefit from in all aspects Mm -hmm. at times and they're doing it because they have to have that you have to submit your team name and have that you know approved and you cannot change those things at a certain time because the fia says you can't indycar is a lot different because it's a hard sell to sponsor an indie car for a full season. What are you really gaining from it? It's hard to say. Hmm. How do you know that the sport's not going to fall apart again? Like we're hmm. about due for gotcha. an implosion based on the the history yeah. of how IndyCar has gone over time. Huh. Um, okay. You know, you've got stuff like that and you've also got the regional market attitudes. So that's why when you go to like Iowa or the Midwest, You've got Hy-Vee sponsorships. Hy-Vee wants you to go shop at those stores, but what value does that have down in Texas? Right. We don't have those here. Right. So it's Hmm. weird that it it is frustrating that it changes all the time. I watch IndyCar every weekend and still have to kind of like, okay, why is this the way it is? Um, As you watch for a longer period of time, you'll often find that like certain drivers have certain sponsors they keep, or there's a rotation that goes through the teams. 
Mm, So, you know, with Scott McLaughlin, I was in in, uh, Iowa with Expel. He was Expel sponsored primarily that weekend, but he still got that on his, you know, on his his race suit in his car. It's just a Dex Mm -hmm. imaging car this weekend in Nashville, you know, but the hills, you know, rotate between those kinds of things. So it's a lot more fluid. It does make it a lot more difficult for new fans to kind of get involved. Um, That's why I'm Mm. always like, you can watch for Scott Dixon. He is in the number nine, like PNC bank Honda. It's the same car every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to see the McLaren ones that are going to look exactly the same because for some reason McLaren decided they wanted to look like Scott Dixon. You know, (laughs) you can keep an eye on those, the Meyer shank cars. And for some reason, Kyle Kirkwood are all pink. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's certain things that you can hold on to, but it is like it is one of the criticisms I think that there is about indie cars. Just yeah. how do you how do you sell that to someone mm-hmm. for like how do you guarantee longevity and a multi year partnership when maybe your team hasn't existed for multiple years yeah. or maybe the sport itself hasn't existed for long enough to give you a business study of how this works. Yeah. Um, it's just you know it, it's the matters of business. I'm sure that we'll continue to see. Um, like we already have seen sponsors come in that want to be there. Auto Nation is very like tied in mm-hmm. with IndyCar now, yeah. very happily so. You've got the same thing with Hy-Vee. You've got similar things happening. You know, we're seeing a change and a shift towards something yeah. like a little bit more permanence. But mm-hmm. there just wasn't yeah. any value in it in the past, and there was no yeah. like, what are you what are you going to gain from a Target car? You know, in Canada where there isn't Target. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I want to see. I want to so, see up in Portland. I'm hoping to see some Portland-based um, companies, like just like, oh yeah, like you know, Roman Grosjean sponsored by Stumptown <laughs> Coffee and <laughs> yeah, Stumptown <laughs> Coffee, Nike, and uh, Fred. Yeah. Meyer. See, like, that's a know. that's a good that's a good Photoshop right there. Stumptown <laughs> Nike. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, this is so so interesting. Just because what I'm realizing now is that. IndyCar is the way it is just because of its fractured history, not necessarily because like it was thought that, oh, this would be a good idea because we're at our yeah. at our peak to do yeah. this, right? It's all these weird quirks that have like kind of bubbled up to make IndyCar what it is because of mm-hmm. that big that big split in the I think the seventies you mentioned and then the yeah. big the cart IRL because I'm more familiar with the cart IRL split yeah. in the nineties. Um, in the reunification mm-hmm. 2008 versus the set the one in the 70s um but at, but that is really cool that that's mm-hmm. actually that's why we are where we are right yeah um it, yeah go ahead i was gonna say like someone the other day was like why do they call it indycar like it's the only racing yeah. series where the series is named after the place where it had its big race like it'd be mm-hmm. like calling f1 monaco car and <laughs> yeah. i was like it's because they didn't have indycar indycar as a concept kind of didn't exist until after yeah. They've been racing there for decades. Like right. it'd be like changing F1's name now yeah. to something, but like F1 didn't even race Monaco for most of the first ten years of its existence. Yeah. So it wasn't like the Indy Five Hundred, which was the linchpin of what spawned pretty much all Everything. of American. Open I would, Wheel. I would, I would watch Monte Carlo car. I would watch that or Madagascar. I would because I bet they, I bet they'd actually build a car that can race on that track if they did it. That <laughs> there way. we go. There it might we, actually be race. Yes. Yeah. Make narrow and small. Like make it smaller and narrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. maybe you know, maybe not as fast, but just like as agile, so that they can actually pass each mm-hmm. other and do the whole thing. Because it's mm-hmm. Monaco is so beautiful. Yeah. And like this the, is my the, pitch. This is my pitch to go watch Formula E. They race the full Monaco circuit now, mm. and it looks freaking oh, sweet to yes. see oh, smaller, 
slightly less fast cars mm-hmm. and actually like going side by side around yeah. the hairpin mm-hmm. where you yeah. can't do that in an F1 car yeah. that's like the size of a yacht. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I that that and that reminds me too. Um, uh, I told Idris this um about going to FE a- after going to the one race. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm 100 recommending anybody that can get to an FE race to go, because the thing that shocked me the most, like the the moment where I had like my biggest smile after like seeing what was happening, was right in the Portland PIR track, at least for Formula E. There's a split in the um the the grandstands across the the front straight where it's just two fences and then there's the start finish line right there mm. like you can just mm-hmm. see it and i went over there we were walking to our seats and they were doing practice and i just stopped because i just you could hear the wind movement and yeah. the wine go past yes. it was so intense i had to stand there and get a shot and just just feel the whoosh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. way more exciting yeah. than i thought it was going to be i was gonna like, say like i don't think people so the sound doesn't translate particularly well onto broadcasts and i will admit that the sound Mm -hmm. is not they need to figure something out with that the mixing on that Mm -hmm. but when you are there in person you can hear the tires so much more Mm -hmm. and that's so freaking cool and especially Mm -hmm. when you hear them like go over a chicane you can hear like the bodywork rattling Mm -hmm. Uh you don't get to hear that normally no you don't get to hear that kind of thing yeah no and they're so fast they are so fast. It's so crazy. Like I remember, like didn't what didn't you say? Uh, like the first couple of seasons, like they were not super fast. Like they were like kind of quick, but the technology was still hadn't got the battery technology wasn't there yet. Yeah. At this point, I was sitting there. I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like these yeah. things yeah. feel as fast as like watching like an indie race or like even like an F1 race to a certain extent. It just they you, mm-hmm. you, you the sense of speed is there, and I think that is yeah. so exciting yeah. and I love it. Um, I also it is very yes. underrated. It is very underrated. I also love the the really interesting car manufacturers that are in fe like maserati oh yeah like, that's awesome yeah <laughs> like, it... yeah i know like, yep i want to see more of that um i did get a chunk of the cupra car when it broke its front wing uh and it like that was right at where i was and at the end of the oh, race awesome. people were asking like can you break off a chunk and like you know people were like the guy like the marshal who was taking it home for his garage he like able to break off like a chunk of it oh, that's although nice. i have to that's i have nice. to touch it with special gloves because the oh yeah yeah no 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 you don't say i'm actually kind of surprised they let that happen because right in formula e they're very like they're huge sticklers about recycling that kind of stuff mm. um i learned over the weekend in london that they have a specific allotment of a parts that they're allowed to use so if you oh. break your front wing and it's small enough you have to fix it you can't just get a new one which okay. i didn't realize oh. like was a thing that they were doing yeah. uh so you at the end of a weekend there's like usually a part of the garage area where if you walk by it it's just like the graveyard of bits <laughs> like <laughs> just, just the carbon fiber just wow. cascaded in there <laughs> oh well, okay that makes it yeah, feel, they, makes they it... take it recycle it Wow, that makes that's us feel wicked. even luckier because yeah, I was gonna put that in like mm-hmm. a shadow box and like have the back of like yeah. the poster mm. from. That's one thing, and I was gonna tell you, Elizabeth, too. And I wanna, I'm gonna uh, like kind of keep an eye out for it. Um, one mm-hmm. thing that's really unique about the IndyCar race in Portland, and I was a little disappointed, and Idris can attest to this too, because we were um, in Portland the the past couple of races. They've had a artist do a special poster and T-shirt for the race. Mm-hmm. That's oh, like that's themed. Nice. It has like a Sasquatch in it, and there's like bridges and mountains they're they're absolutely gorgeous 
And we were assuming that they did that for every race, that they had like a unique poster or a unique Mm-mm. like thing. And yep. Ohio's didn't. They had a shirt, no. but yeah. it was just kind of like America's race, one hundred percent Fourth of July weekend. And I'm like, oh, okay. bang bang, pow pow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Ohio State flag is kind of cool, and that's yeah. what they were sort of trying to go with. But like, I think it could have yeah. done been been done better. Yeah. But I'm really yeah. excited to see what Portland does this year. And Formula E for Port the Portland E E Prix had a really really awesome poster too where it was like a car driving yeah. into and there's like the mount hood in the background yeah. and really stuff. I'll post That's it. Nice. It's, it's absolutely fabulous. But I fully mm-hmm. expect that merch next year. Just so you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. um, I'm really, really, really excited to see it. I like. I'm. I'm. I'm absolutely stoked upon that. The only other thing I was thinking that I wanted to kind of talk about with IndyCar and F1 is, what are your what are your thoughts about um, the season thus far? Or like, like kind of how this is going, especially after it's restructuring as it's kind of rebuilding itself. I also want to talk about the Indianapolis 500 too, because that is like the definitive That's the premier race. sport. Yeah, the premier race. Yeah. yeah, it's where it gets its namesake mm-hmm. and everything. And I know that like one of the bigger splits from this cart and IRL split is because of like the whole like IndyCar mm-hmm. was like you're not allowed to use the name and card mm-hmm. like you can't say Indy at all that's ours yeah. and like we're yeah. an oval series and they want to end it there yeah so like yeah. do you feel like do you th- like for one do you feel like the kind of rebuilding is going well and also mm-hmm. as far as the Indy 500 goes like do you feel that it's a series or it's a race that's strong enough to kind of prop up the sport in of itself. Like, do you feel like it would be something that people would like if things were to completely implode, would people mm-hmm. allow that race to not go on? If that was the thing that ended up having to happen. That's a big one. Mm. So <laughs> I do think that IndyCar is in a much healthier place and yeah. it has consistently been growing every pretty much every year um the viewership numbers are fantastic and in part that is because there was that drive to survive wave of everyone realizing what f1 was during Mm -hmm. the pandemic lockdown Mm -hmm. and then being like oh hell i can't afford to go to las vegas or miami (laughs) for a race who can go to las vegas no no one no one can go to las (laughs) vegas yeah like i guess i can go to the indy car race that's like you know a couple hours away and cost mm-hmm. way less money to go do and then mm-hmm. you like you get there and you realize how much fun you can have and right mm-hmm. yeah how accessible it is and like it's still like the the viewership is still not quite as robust as it should be or sure. that i would like it to be personally speaking from my own like i've raised this this racing series from my own flesh and blood like my son mm-hmm. uh, i wish it was like <laughs> i oh, wish it was bigger but like it's it's been making progress and mm-hmm. i think it just it falls into the same issues that i think f1 does of like how do you promote yourself yeah. in a way that is relevant to the youth that is also <laughs> not like cringe uh like yeah. they had indycar had its like drive to survive show this year that was called 100 days to indy mm-hmm. but it was yeah. a cable oh. show that aired every week on the cw i didn't <laughs> watch it because i can't be bothered to like tune in every week it's, it's like, like you also oh. like it's like when it's somebody has cw yeah hey mom can we get drive to survive it's like we have drive to survive, survive. At home. <laughs> <laughs> the drive just, to survive at home <laughs> 
<laughs> honestly like it just it wasn't that's not what the sport needs like you right. yeah. please log into youtube and watch bus bros like that you have, mm-hmm. have scott mclaughlin and joseph newgarden talking about the races every weekend and capitalizing on the fact that the thing that rules the most about indycar is that these mm-hmm. dudes are cool they're right. fun you want to yeah. just have a beer with them i want to oh, watch yeah. you eat hot chicken <laughs> <laughs> yeah adrice and i did a meet and greet uh for we did we did the indycar we well half the field they had two yeah. lines and mm-hmm. you could only you had to pick yeah. which yeah, one yeah. you wanted yep, to yep. go in we picked the one that had roman grosjean in it even though and marcus uh, erickson and Marcus Erickson, because we were just like, well, that's the one we're going to be. Mm-hmm. I also got a, like, I got, I was, oh, this is my favorite thing. I did not see this in F1. It really bummed me out. They have action figures of the drivers with, like, their, mm-hmm. like, like just, like, I was like, oh, my God, yep. I need a Roman Grosjean action figure. <laughs> and I got his action figure and then a little thing of his car. Also, by the way, not that expensive. Like Super. we were, Everything we were talking about so, the, like, affordable. We were talking about the Sen attacks um, that oh happens. Anything that's Senna related, in, yeah. In, in like, what was it? There was so a, it was yeah. the same model car, right? At Coda, yeah. At Coda, we were. Um, I really wanted to get the MP4, right? The, like it was like the '92, '93 MP4, right? And it was like the little die cast, probably like a one fortieth scale, something like that. And it was like two hundred fifty bucks, and I was like, oh. Okay, I'm gonna put yeah. that one down. Do I look like I'm made of money? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. it was insane. Right. It was insane, and like part of me was. This is the worst part about it too, right? Because you're at an, you're at an F1 event, you're like, well, you know, you know, it's yeah. a way I might not Maybe. see this anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So then we go to Mid Ohio and we see the exact same car there for forty bucks, you know, and there, th- that's a no brainer yeah. at that point, you know. Yeah. There, there are dudes that just like have their massive indie car memorabilia collections that just mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. a tent. And Every race, just like, I'm yeah. selling this Every race. stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I'm like, I, yeah. I was maxing my credit card. I'm just like, okay, yeah. I need this, I need this. Like <laughs> my, um, like my, uh, my girlfriend Lauren, she loves. She was a. Um, a Michael Andretti stand like that was like her growing up like she was around <laughs> the Andretti's like she'd go to the backstage and all the past like I think she has a picture of Mario Andretti like holding her up or something like that and, <laughs> and so like I had to get her like the Andretti car and I got yeah. her or her favorite driver was Dar- Dario Franchitti or not Dario Franchitti um no it is yeah Dario Franchitti I love Dario. and so I found like the signature cards that they would do but they mm-hmm. were unsigned but like I found a couple mm-hmm. of those and yeah, so that was a, one of the definitely one of the things that I loved about IndyCar was I'm just like this is feels almost like a it's almost like a farmers market where yeah. a race is happening. Ooh, yeah. that is the, a good yeah. the vegetables way to put it. are yeah. like Hot Wheel cars. The crops are in season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was one tent that we went into that we immediately had to turn around because we were like, oh, it looks like there's NASCAR stuff in here, and then we saw like uh, some you know donald trump memory it, yeah start, started going yeah you do get there <laughs> yeah like, it, it went it went left real quick yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you were saying about like could the 500 sustain it's uh, mm-hmm. i think it could be a single event each year like Ooh, there wow. are enough there are enough people who tune in for that single race who go to that single race who do things for that single race that like mm. i think it would if you didn't have the championship to yeah. look for, people would still be tuning in and going to that event. Like there's, if you've never been, you have to go. You will, f- it feels different than any other race. Yeah. There's so much like, I'm like weeping 
through the two hours of pre-race like <laughs> celebrations just because i'm like i know what's coming next i know yeah. the song that's lined up yep. i know the marching yep. band is coming i know like you know the gordon pipers are gonna walk around i'm gonna be in tears the whole time because mm -hmm. like there's just so much meaning that has accrued over the yeah. you know, 100 plus years of this race is running people yeah. will flock to that no matter what yeah you know you might have people who get turned off if you were to say we're splitting the series into pieces again mm -hmm. and oh, also yeah. like you know we're gonna have a race that happens at the same exact day at the same exact time up in michigan mm -hmm. uh, as oh. a rival and it's for you to yeah. to the indy 500 which is no one's ever gonna benefit from but like I, right if all hell broke loose and it was like the end of everything ever that race would still go on so let me ask this question what is it about because i think for me growing up i think one of the you know i would see nascar come on and i would sit down and watch it sometimes and you know mm -hmm. i'm a kid i'm gonna go outside and play basketball soccer whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm like motorsport racing at the age of six like you know kind of interesting to me but also Nothing. like ooh, basketball yeah. right so mm -hmm. you know i'm sitting down as as like a fully capable adult now you know capable of thinking and you know wondering what is so good about the series and i see oval racing now and i see i think i have a better understanding of why it's so fascinating mm -hmm. right but what mm -hmm. would be like your your pitch to why someone should watch an oval race because th that is what distinguishes like i think american open wheel racing more yeah. so than other series right so what what would be how would you what, how would you describe that to someone how would you it's so it? like it's so hard to describe it's its own like it's its own beast in so many ways where yeah. you can watch a road course race or a street course race and be compelled but there is something absolutely edge of your seat wild about watching three cars in a line going down a straightaway because yeah. they're all sucking on it like sucking up each other's air they're all pulling each other along mm -hmm. the strategy is insane um like i think that's something that goes underappreciated is like yeah. if you per like at in iowa if you pit at Iowa, you could lose two laps. It's the it's such a small track that mm -hmm. like you're mm -hmm. down and you, you know, everyone will have to pit, but if you have a uniquely slow stop for some reason, that one little mistake has ruined your race. Mm -hmm. If you've got mm -hmm. something big like Indy, you can afford to have a little bit of a longer stop, but also I was talking to uh Takuma Sato before yeah. the race this year and he was wow. like I have this race broken into stages and by you know lap 50 I want to be at this point and at lap 100 I want to be at this point and then you know by the end of the race within the last 10 laps you have to be in this certain area or it's never going to happen and wow. if you've done all of the things right to get to that point you should be there yeah. obviously like the race is going to throw chaos at you um and it's not going to go the way that you've hoped but like there is such a like you know you have to be you want to be in like 10th for a while because you don't want to be out in front because you don't want to be using your fuel you don't right. want to be using your tires right. but you also don't want to be scrapping in 10th right. you want to have like a comfortable 10th yeah yeah, yeah, be, yeah like yeah, pulled yeah. along behind someone yep there's so much like it's so crazy and like you just like you have to watch it it's yeah. just yeah. It's its oh, own I, thing. And like open wheel ovals are so different. Like if you see NASCAR and you mm -hmm. think like, ugh, also you're wrong. Uh, NASCAR <laughs> yeah, is fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> the open wheel part, I think it, because you can't touch wheels, right? You can't, like there's such a, 
don't know, you watch the onboards of the drivers and mm-hmm. you see how they're just holding it stiff yes. at the edge. That's mm-hmm. insane. That yes. takes so much power, so yes. strength. I've done one indie card and oval my neck hurt after two laps like you're just Mm. not cut out for the g-forces that are happening there i've done them at other racetracks and i've been all right it was just the oval of like yeah you keep my neck's not cut out for that kind of nonsense right right (laughs) you don't have that fernando alonzo nutcracker neck right Mm. (laughs) i wish oh that would be a great party trick though it's like especially if you're at a christmas party and like (laughs) although your neck would probably hurt after a while because everybody's having you do it listen Listen, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I'm, I'm working up. I'm working up all all year round. Just, just for that. So, so here's reps. I have a little. So I have a little. I have a little NASCAR. Like this is my sort of NASCAR. Yeah. Um, well, it's not really a story, but I will fully admit that at the the beginning of my Formula One journey, I was of the like NASCAR only goes left, and when they take yeah. their tires off, they got a <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. it's not so <laughs> slow, and they just go and eat your burger, and then they come in, and then they put the tire. Um, that all changed after 2020 because in 2020, um, one of the things that they that well all the motorsports were doing, Formula One included, were putting old full like full oh, old races yeah old races yeah. on youtube and so mm-hmm. i was watching like old f1 monaco grand prix and all this and it's all fascinating and i saw that nascar was doing that and i'm like you know i'm sitting there and i'm like am i just in the bed just like contemplating the the destruction of the planet and yeah. i thought you know what <laughs> just light morning let's, thinking it's a good time for nascar yeah. let's try this so i'm like you know what i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna watch the daytona 500s so i put on the 79 daytona 500 it's like that like that that first big one and oh man it, mm-hmm. i just it was so it was a weird mix of emotions where I'm like, this is so fun. This I've is been... so dangerous. This is yeah. so terrifying. And then it ends in a fist fight. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's a triple threat, dude. <laughs> and then, and then like, and like Richard Petty just like wins it. And everyone's like, because oh, it was like this, wow. it was like a broke, like his mm-hmm. losing streak. And I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I get it. And then I just yeah. started watching every like year Daytona yeah. 500 after it. And I get it. I like, I sort of yeah. understand it. it. It is literally like, yeah. the, the, it might sound kind of cheesy and cliche, but like, it is really just a bunch of good old boys out there driving, like just driving cars. Mm-hmm. And like, they're just like, they're like, just like wrestling with the <laughs> wheel. Their windshield is covered in oil and dirt yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And there's just a guy that shows up with a rag that just scraping it. Yeah. Hand Wipes like it a, a, down. A, a little cup of Mountain Dew. They like chug and like toss out the window. <laughs> And I, like, you know, the guys are like smacking body panels with two by fours to get. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is awesome. It's insane. I'm like, this yeah. is like yeah. watching Mad Max. Like, I just mm-hmm. I, I was just so shocked. Like, like, I, I couldn't believe how yeah. much fun I was watching this. And it mm-hmm. was just like the sound of the cars, too. And just even televised, like watching them mm-hmm. all roar past and the speed comparison. And yeah. It was, I was convinced. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. This is great. This is mm-hmm. fun. And I also recently watched a couple of episodes too, or a couple of things too recently about like the car of tomorrow and how controversial mm-hmm. that was and like mm-hmm. the Twisted mm-hmm. Sisters and like all yeah. that sort of stuff. And I'm like, this is all technical stuff that's super fascinating. Like, 
yeah. what's his face? That guy that had the crab walking car that got banned. Yeah. I was like, yeah. that is yeah. awesome. I was like, that's just, who does this? This is amazing. And so I'm convinced. I'm, I'm convinced. I was going to say, I think like your mindset about NASCAR changes once you've actually started to watch it. But also mm-hmm. like, as you start to realize, like it's F1 has always kind of been like who can fudge the rules a little bit but nascar mm-hmm. is so much more that you can do with that yeah there's yeah. like not as much oversight there's not as much like you know there is a lot more spec parts than there used to be um yeah. that's just to help lower costs but sure like it, it's it's a matter of like how much you can get away with and mm-hmm. i think that like it's really cool to see that and like how much mm-hmm. damage a car can sustain and still, <laughs> and still manage drive. to finish <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's it's nuts. I, I also, like I recommend everyone like go do do that. Go watch the old like ones. Not every oval is a banger. There's a lot of real duds. Sure, sure, um, sure. But like if you can also get there in person, it's a totally wild, unique experience. Like the Indy 500, very big. Go somewhere a little smaller in Iowa. You can see the whole track. Go to mm. Texas Motor Speedway. I can see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just insane to be able to like. I can watch every car at once. Yeah. Like, what do I do with my hands? Yes. I'm yes. so excited. Right. Everything what is happening. With my hands. I and need being, two coffee cups. Yeah. And yeah. being in that arena too, like the sound just reverberates right where it's just mm-hmm. probably it's amplified and it's so much louder and it's just like roaring yeah. in your chest, right? And yeah. it's funny, yeah. it's like to hear you describe like what it's like at a NASCAR event. This is what kind of bummed me out about Danny Rick not coming over to NASCAR. I felt like he should have done it. You know, like I feel like he would have really I enjoyed that. I, I feel he's like the honorary also, American. Yeah, I just feel like yes. he would thrive in that environment. Just that, like, let's just get out there and and just swing at a dude after the race. You know, oh, dude, <laughs> dude, Jensen Button had yeah. the best time ever. Like, right. if Jensen Button can just show up and have fun, like, mm-hmm. my man. Yeah, yeah I on, know. Just right, right. Do yeah. a little yeah. something, like something. You know, and those new cars yeah. look great too. Yes. They look, I mean, yeah, I, I, sweet. It's weird to say this, but I do believe it. I don't know what what you think about this. I don't know Mm. if I've actually asked you this question, but I feel like drive to survive as a, as a, as an entity of what it is, I think has really started to lift the floor on motorsport across the board. Generally, Mm -hmm. I think people are now realizing like, Oh, there's a lot of drama in this thing. Mm -hmm. Let's explore. And I think it's kind of lifting the floor, but I feel like, I almost feel like F1 is like the, I mean, to me, it feels like F1's the one that's getting the least amount of, like, real significant lift, only because, like, Mm -hmm. people are watching it now, and they're just like, this isn't Drive to Survive. Mm. And I don't know if that's, like, the the show's fault or the sport's fault. I mean, because this has just always been what it is, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. we've been watching it for multiple seasons now before the show even happened. So... So yeah, I I'm I'm not sure. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Like uh, uh do you really think that like F the Drive to Survive has sort of really kind of pushed the other motorsports more into the forefront just as an entity like for alternatives or I do think we've seen such a like a massively significant boost in that kind of thing, especially mm-hmm. when you are here in America. Um F1 made this like I don't even want to call it an effort because it wasn't an effort to get more people at the racetracks, but all they did was create two races that could have been hosted anywhere because it's just, uh, you know, attended uh, by rich people. Yeah. You've got 100%. like the racing's not as exciting. You can't actually physically get to a place in person to see this. What else do you do now? Like if you're really invested in this 
this thing, this concept, like maybe it applies in a different series where you can watch something a little bit more compelling mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. And I think people have turned to these other things. Like it's an off mm -hmm. week this weekend for Formula One. What are we going right. to do? Right. Maybe you watch the IndyCar race. Maybe mm -hmm. you tune into NASCAR. Maybe you realize like, oh, this is fun. IndyCar. I've got IndyCar up on my phone. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yep, see, yep, They're like five laps to go and they've got a red flag because they had a crash like what are oh boy, what yeah, are yeah. we gonna see what happens right. like i think we've definitely seen this like it just built and f1 doesn't have anything left to offer drive mm, to yeah. survive was like the package like yes you know, the best of the best the yeah. refined fun greatest moments of the braces at the season mm -hmm. packaged to you in a very easily digestible format but if you were seeking that out of any race you watched this year, you were going to be sorely disappointed. Right. There's right. a lot happening, but not enough of it is compelling enough to like keep you on the edge of your seat. You have mm -hmm. to like be a refined like motorsport connoisseur to understand mm -hmm. why it's so important that McLaren has gotten a little bit better and Aston Martin has gotten a little bit worse. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you yeah. tune into something like IndyCar, where you know there's multiple different opportunities for leaders in a race multiple different winners throughout a season and even in a season of domination by one driver alex pillow right still tons of other drivers winning still mm -hmm. tons of other competition happening like it's still an exciting thing to be tuning into so like mm -hmm. if you're like looking for that you've got the excitement yeah. you've got the like drive to survive package happening uh every couple weekends on your yeah. tv screen Right. It's more interesting than tuning into F1 and waking your ass up at seven in the morning, no. having a coffee and like being <laughs> bored to sleep. Yeah. Because yeah, like yeah. Max passes at the first on the first turn oh. and it's just like, over. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. Um it, I, yeah. Go I was gonna it, say real quick, it's just great that we have so many options for motorsports viewing, right? Like you don't I, I think people mm -hmm. kind of become like oh, I watch Formula One and they plant their flag or I watch NASCAR yeah. only. And it's like, no, like you can watch anything, right? It's just kind of like mm -hmm. if you watch basketball, football, baseball, whatever, like you can, there, there's different options and you might be in the mood for chocolate ice cream today versus vanilla. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. It's you true. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's Some, yeah. something scratchy for or Yeah, scratchy for everybody. Sometimes you got to get your Monster Jam on. And yeah, I, exactly. I, I, exactly. I 100% watched Monster Jam when I was a kid on television, like after on the Speed Channel, because it was what was on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like just mm -hmm. throwing these giant monster trucks at like cars. And it's and, like, gotten giant... even better. Yeah. yeah like, it's even cooler now. <laughs> like, I just like, it's this is insane. And yeah. I also just, and like, like we talked about things like sports not taking themselves seriously. Mm -hmm. Monster mm -hmm. truck never took itself seriously. It's literally called no. monster truck. Yeah, yeah. And like they, the the bodies are like there's like floppy ear, like Just like lifted. like puppies <laughs> with like a big tongue, yeah. like I. It, I just I love that, and I wish that yeah. we got a little bit more of that in Formula One. Before we get to the really fun stuff, I'm excited to 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 get from you, Elizabeth. I do yeah. want to briefly talk about the state of the season that we have thus far, um, okay. and sort of how you're feeling about how things are going. Mm. Obviously, the max domination is happening, but um, we're seeing McLaren start to kind of make little that inroads here yeah. and there. Um, I'm Xander Vort's next in a couple of weeks, which is one of my favorite tracks because it's like a roller coaster, and I'm so mm. glad they I came know. back. To 
But what what okay, I will say what we're not excited about though is that orange smoke, which has been oh, banned, yeah, but they please. don't do anything about. Like I, I was like, gonna say, how are you gonna stop it? Like that no, so true, right? And like on on one hand, I no, know we're gonna okay. watch- no one's looking in your bags. I went to yeah. the Austrian Grand Prix and we brought yeah. an entire bottle of champagne into the track with us. <laughs> no one blinked an eye. <laughs> no one cared. We popped that bad boy open, shot a cork fifty feet into the air, and the one guy was like, maybe try to hide it and we were like we're gonna have, we're, we're just gonna drink it it's gonna be gone uh, so. well sure we thing, i think well shinali and tiernan and knockoff yeah. mclaren said that they would just shove their race suits with like with the water bottles yeah snacks, like yeah. just down there i yeah. think you and i slipped some stuff like we we realized that they were not actually pulling out our oh chairs. yeah so we were just like yeah. putting water bottles like in oh the yeah chair thing. had like liquid ivs like you know, thrown in the bag and stuff like it was yeah. hot that was a hot yeah. hot race weekend it was a hot race weekend yeah. But yeah, I know that there those orange that orange smoke's gonna be out there and I just I you know I only I just only wish that it doesn't get so bad that it like causes somebody to like run off track and like yeah. crash or something like that. Because I think yeah. that's really apart from like a fire safety hazard, yeah. um, like that's also and, the concern is like other drivers, right? And and I know we joke about it, but honestly, we're gonna watch replays from like like 10, 15 years from now to see like the Max Verstappen uh or the Fishsticks Vanderkamp dominance era. That's yes. what Gabe's brother. Made, My brother, when he didn't know, when he didn't know the drivers, he would come up with That's... names. He's like, "So, how is Fishstick Vanderkamp doing?" Or like, <laughs> he would call a. He he just Perfect. because this is what he does. He doesn't yeah. know the names of the drivers, yeah. so he would he'd have a whole bunch of them. I'm yeah. gonna have to write down all the ones that he said. But so um, we'll be watching. Yeah. We'll be watching at the highlights of this era, right? And we'll be seeing the orange smoke and be like, "Oh yeah, that's the thing they used to do. That was kind of cool, right?" Like that's how we'll feel about it 15 years from now. But like now, it's just like, no, it's annoying. I can't see anything. Stop yeah. it. You know. Yeah, yeah, done. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I agree. I, I, I worry sometimes about F one and kind of how things are going, um, only because I know that like people who are just entering the sport now, they're witnessing something that is common, but also at the same time, like not common in always the same kind of way like right. the mercedes dominance mm-hmm. felt a little different than the red bull does the vettel dominance i was gonna say it was mercedes two of them red bull right wasn't winning every race vettel was still kind of <laughs> yeah letting people have a chance yeah <laughs> v- v- it was like vettel weber won some like alonzo was yeah. spoiling the party here and there um mm-hmm. even lewis had like the occasional mclaren win but mm-hmm. um but yeah it just especially after belgium when they were it came out that they were like sandbagging they were like slowing down yeah. i'm just like and also like i don't yeah. know what you thought about uh, did you see max's comments about wanting to be a solo racer and how like he just <laughs> prefer to have a bigger gap and like i don't i don't want to be like around other people when i drive like i'd rather just be out there myself and i'm just like all right um, okay. i get it but also my man yep. yeah it's just like yeah. my man it's like sacrifice a little song for the pizzazz like, yeah right yeah. right right it's like I, I do you think that max would ever i i know he said he well, he wouldn't go to indycar but do you i think didn't you say he wants to didn't he just do i racing nascar all the time like isn't that he what does, he does yeah mm-hmm. he does like talladega trucks nascar <laughs> all the like time that, that's his thing like i it, apparently it's his thing this is a uh, alanis has discovered this yeah. um so i haven't actually consulted the stats but i am interested to see like does he just like pound that out all the time is that just like his <laughs> thing and if so hop on over my man we've got plenty of trucks yeah, you can yeah. take one 
just yeah. take it <laughs> just do it <laughs> yeah i think like to skip a weekend like you don't need it you're cool like mm-hmm. you're fine mm-hmm. you're cool after man. singapore when you win in singapore which we, i'm fairly certain is gonna happen just yeah. call yeah. it quits just, just go do a nascar it. yes yeah yeah well you know it's funny i think even better i remember the thing when when winner usually gets crowned the races that come after that they usually don't perform as well as they used to like mm-hmm. I, like i not it's mm-hmm. not like a sure thing I know, like yeah. Hamilton and Vettel definitely won races after. Yeah, but I do remember things where like Vettel like was you know maybe had like a couple like a three like a third place finish or like a fourth place yeah. finish just because like, he's just kind of like well okay like you know I can I'm gonna do it but yeah a little gas a bit so maybe like their heart's not completely into it anymore mm-hmm. but I'm still I'm still holding on to that F1 but I'm, I will tell you like IndyCar has definitely really got me excited and yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely a fan, and I I'm still a Roman Grosjean fan here. Um, I still want to hold on to him. I really hope that he at least gets maybe one win this season to kind of keep his seat. You know, uh, Adris, like, was there any you you we did a little bet in Mid Ohio for like a dollar of who was going to finish like the highest? Oh, we were I ended watching. up winning that. I think I picked yeah, you Scott did. Dixon well, because you picked right? Scott Dixon, so of course you're going to win. Hey, we were we were oh, picking we were picking drivers based on the livery. You know, it was nothing else. You know, uh, our buddy <laughs> just Jaco... happened to pick like the best guy in the field. Uh, the yeah. big deal. <laughs> our buddy Jaco picked Marcus Erickson because he hadn't he didn't know. Oh, and it just, and just, just, just oh like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I hey, like you want to pick chocolate. another one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure you want to yeah. keep that one? Yeah. <laughs> you want to <Yeah>. back up? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like, we'll give you, I'll like, I told him, yeah. I'll give you double odds to pick somebody else. He's just like, no, nah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Adris, yes. uh, did you yeah. have anything else that maybe you wanted to talk to uh, Elizabeth about? Because so, I, I'd love to get to the Fufo games. Yeah. No, I guess like okay, so like the this is the one last question about IndyCar because you're just such a wealth of knowledge about this. And yes, it's, it's, we're so glad to have just pick your brain about this. Um, as far as IndyCar is concerned, right? So I think it's like NTT, right? The Japanese telecommunications mm-hmm. companies, like now like the title sponsor. Um, like, what do you think? What is the one thing you would do to help IndyCar just make that push into the next level, right? To to become the like premier like motorsport that everyone watches so i think indycar still gets a little too wrapped up in a certain subs like trying to please a certain subset of american motorsport fans Mm. who have certain ideas about how the series should be run or certain ideas about the way that the history of motorsport here has gone you still have a lot of people that retain this mindset of you know we want to you know preserve certain things we want to exclude certain people i think what we need to do is have IndyCar kind of set a goal for the future of like redefine itself because it certainly seems like we're accepting a lot of these European drivers and we want to have them here but we're also still positioning ourselves as a primarily like American motorsport Mm-hmm. If you if you allow that to become a little more international, you then begin to have a much more growth on a broader spectrum. Yeah, there's so many people I know now who are tuning in and watching IndyCar. People who've never done that before because they, you know, got they were they're into F1, but they want to see something different and something yeah. new. Yeah, this is a time where you can leverage that. Um, I think there's still so much work that can kind of be done with like social media. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm putting together like interesting packages. You've got some teams that are so great at it. Like Arrow McLaren 
honestly, their stuff oh, yeah. is fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Certain things, you know, certain it. bits. Yes. You get certain bits from NBC, the broadcaster, but like some of them are also real duds and like cringe. Uh, I feel the same way about F1 where it's like you, they, people need to have, these series need to have like a committee of people who like know what the fans want yes. because mm-hmm. I don't know how many decisions in motorsport get made by someone who's actually gone out and tried to talk to people because I yeah. try at every race I go to to like ask people about their experience and what they're enjoying and why they're here and what made them pick this. And like, you know, are they happy? Are they spending too much money? Like, what is the situation? How are you feeling about your decision to be here at the racetrack today? And why is it even, why do this on a Sunday instead of something Mm -hmm. else? Yeah. I feel like you really need to do that because then you'll realize how many people are like, I just showed up because of drive to survive. And now I'm becoming a big fan. Well, we can leverage something of that. Like, There used to be this absolutely ridiculous. I used to just make, but I don't. I actually think they took it quite seriously. The IndyCar did Indy Rivals. There was something like that happened on track. They tried to like blow it up a little bit and like make okay. videos of it. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was kind of funny and yeah. like <laughs> just because I, I think they were t- they, they were taking themselves a little seriously. Sure. But there's such an opportunity to like do things with that that go beyond just like we have a rivalry like yeah <laughs> make them arm wrestle i don't yeah. care yeah. Like, do something yeah. mud pit do something different you know small wrestling I think there's, yeah honestly foot That's race awesome. like there's so much that i think is still left to be done especially in the social media part which is primarily yeah. how people are engaging with indycar yeah. especially the overseas people yeah um like it's it's not super easy to just like turn on a race. You have to kind of hunt mm-hmm. for it. Or a lot of people turn on their VPNs um, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think there's mm. there's more to do there. And I don't yeah. think IndyCar has been ready to tackle that. That's a yeah. big thing. Um, but we're getting to the point now where it's like, come on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're, you're here. Like you, yeah. you, you do a little thing and <laughs> yeah. you'll be like, yeah. it'll be different. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject of inclusion as well um, with the fans, I also want to kind of touch a little bit on uh, specifically F1 and IndyCar when it comes Mm -hmm. to the sort of um, the bringing in of drivers from different diverse backgrounds, but also of uh, women drivers. Um, Mm -hmm. There we saw the whole thing with Danica Patrick, which on the most inappropriate moment for you to say the things you're going to say to a little girl asking about it. Cheesy I mean, Pete's, what a mess. I mean, you know, what what's going on here? My my girlfriend has very strong opinions about Danica Patrick. Um, and I, I'm I'm not gonna I'll leave those to, to her <laughs> what she's gonna say. But we'll talk um, about it after the recording. The one thing that really bothered me, it's just like 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 a lot of people were saying that I think like you said as well, that the the averages of numbers of women who are involved in motorsport wanting to be there are not as yeah. high as men. Yeah. So like that already is a barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that we can understand um but where it the the weird part that started to get to me though that i think a lot of people too was when she talked about the mental thing the mental yes. side of it having some yes. aggressive mentality and also a certain to a certain extent the physical side of it because the first person that came to my mind was michelle mouton mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. the group b rally car driver for the audi rally cars right. like mm-hmm. if you know anything about group b you know that these were arguably some of the most difficult and physically demanding Mm -hmm. vehicles to drive in motorsport history 
ever. And she still Mm -hmm. won four races and had multiple like podiums from it. Mm -hmm. And so when I see somebody like that, I think it's not, it is not a impossibility. They like, like Mm -hmm. there might be some more work that gets involved, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's not that it's like to say that they can't because of these reasons is wrong Yeah, because it's just a matter of trying to work towards getting it like anybody else. Mm -hmm. And like, when I see somebody Mm -hmm. like Yuki Sonoda, who's like, didn't you say he's as tall as you are? Yeah, he's like a, he's a little boy. He's a little guy, like, and he can he can drive an F one car. Like I know that yeah. there are women in motorsport who are definitely taller and probably have a, mm-hmm. a bit more muscle density than Yuki Sonoda is that would be able to drive an yeah. F one car no problem. Mm. So I guess yeah, mm-hmm. like where, where where are sort of both of you? Let's start with uh, Elizabeth. Like kind of where where are you sort of with that at, at this point after all of that? I'm I'm still very frustrated by it, but also about to possibly break your heart and say Michelle Mouton has said very similar things to what Danica said. Oh, really? Women, oh, no. Yeah, women do not have... And they're, I think they're just so close to getting it. It's like, one more step. Why, mm-hmm. Why aren't women oh, generally mm-hmm. in these roles? It's because we are socializing women to prioritize much yeah. different things. Mm-hmm. We're implementing a certain mentality in the, mm-hmm. like, the way we raise our boys versus our girls yes mm. we're giving opportunities in certain things to boys versus girls like there's mm. this is a thing where it's like it's not just a biological deterministic issue mm-hmm. it's right. a very cultural one in terms of like how they how you are as a person right. and how right. you are raised as a person i grew up around cars like it never really occurred to me that i wouldn't be able to be involved in motorsport in some form or fashion like i didn't yeah. want to be a racer i don't have the i get stressed out like going on the highway i'm not cut out for it <laughs> like, that's just who i am as a person you yeah, know like that yeah. wasn't because i was raised to think that only boys could do that it was mm-hmm. like i could do it if i wanted to i just have to be on anti-anxiety medication yeah um <laughs> you know that kind of stuff where i like they're so close to it where they're like i'm just built different you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you can say that but like why you know what i mean like right. yeah. danica why were you why are you in your aggressive kill mindset like why are you that person as opposed to your friends and why are they the people mm-hmm. they are there's a lot of reasons and a lot of cultural mm-hmm. you know situations that come and back this up that are going to enlighten you you know it's not just like you know you're f- the one chromosome you have like determines yeah. determines this yeah. like that's what's determining your skill as a person as a race car driver your capabilities as a human being right yeah. it has given you some shape and some mm. experiences and that's <laughs> about it the rest yeah. of it is determined by how you're raised right right yeah we we talk about this a lot just with uh diversity and inclusion just across the board right like specifically when it comes to like race-based mm-hmm. and gender-based stuff it's it is infuriating yeah. how frequently you encounter that mentality of just like mm-hmm. oh well we would expect this and it's like you're yeah like, just like you said like dude you're almost there now let's ask the why so close. So, yeah, let's ask the why yeah. part of that question and like then then you take a step back right and you're like oh now i understand mm-hmm. right and it's just mm-hmm. I, especially when when it's people who are in those positions who are of those groups that they're that they're criticizing that it's like mm-hmm. you you know you 
you know yeah. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, I want to shake you and just yeah. say, you know what the answer is. And it's it's really mm-hmm. disheartening when comments like that are made yeah. because it like that those people in particular have the power to go ahead and then change it to yeah. cha- help change the system in some way, shape, or form, right? And I think on, mm-hmm. on one hand, too, this is this is something else Gabe and I talk about a lot. Like, I think this is why it's a little disheartening to also see, like, the FIA not really, like, broadcast uh dr- like driver academy or f1 academy yeah. right yeah. um yeah. and it was mm-hmm. the same with the w series too right it's like we have yeah. these things these these awesome platforms and everything right and then you just completely bungle them where where yeah. are the you know like for as many ferrari thirst traps we get of Charles leclerc and carlos Sainz <laughs> getting in yeah. an ice yeah. bath where are where are the where the like the photos not thirst traps. Where are the photos of like yeah. Marta Garcia? Like, people, just, yeah, where where, she where are the photos exists? Of doing all- like, can you prove it? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like where's Waldo with these drivers sometimes, yeah. and it's it's mm-hmm. absurd. Yeah, our Instagram, like, we followed like all the all the like Formula One Academy drivers, so we could like get all of the like behind the scenes stuff that we can, as we could consume them and things of that nature. And I, honestly, like. It is super from the, the the bits that I've been able to see, like the race replays I've been able to see. Those weekends mm-hmm. that they race, like those are there's like three races involved. Nuts. And they're yeah. like, yeah. you know, I think the cars could be a little bit quicker, but there's still some really hard racing it's good going racing. on. There, there's mm-hmm. so many different winners, and like it seems like like Marta Garcia is like she's like right with Alex Pillow and Max Verstappen, just like Goat. cleaning up the field for the Goat most part. Status. Yeah. But I'm also like really excited. I like I like um, uh, Lena Buller a lot. She's really delightful, yes. and she's been doing really really well too. And you know what? You mm-hmm. talk about IndyCar, all the drivers being like friends and like being together. You get that from the F1 Academy. They're all like just seem to be like really close friends. They're hanging out with each other. They're doing a lot of mm-hmm. like good PR together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the F1 stuff, they'll they'll have them like you're gonna do this thing today, and you can tell like they've got other stuff that they want to do, and they're just kind of like, yeah. okay, I guess mm-hmm. we'll play Scrabble. They're for the paycheck. You know? like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Charles you know? Leclerc, he was second in the championship battle last year. Yeah. Oh, all right. Hello. Geez. Cool. <laughs> F1 tries too hard, and I think that that's the thing. It's like Indy, because it's such a kind of like a ragamuffin of a series at this point in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. that it's just like there's that endearing charm. It's kind of like a dog yeah. that just kind of flops all over and just kind of falls into a wall, and you're like, little oh, scrappy. you're cute. You're a little scrappy. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's go. We're, we're good, you know? Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with Idris. I yeah. really wish they would put – I hopefully they do because I know their next year F1 is getting more involved with F1 Academy. Yeah. And Which hopefully that will mean they'll put those races out for people to see that's more accessible. Because I'd love to watch like a full race from start to finish without just having to watch a highlight mm-hmm. reel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, Be nice. Yeah. A girl can dream. Well, so, Idris, yeah. do you want? Uh, w- w- uh, would you yeah. like to start conducting our Fufo yeah. party game segment? I was actually about to say this is a good segue right into some party games. So here on Fufo, um, we like to do a thing where we just dive deep into who you are as a person, and you know, get your picks on driver <laughs> songs, and you know, get it, get an idea of what you would pick as your Formula One sponsor team. Um, so for folks that are, <laughs> if this is your first time hearing this, so we sent over like some examples of like what we would think like a good 
you know, title sponsor team name would be for an F1 team. And I think we put Olive Garden Pennzoil. That was the one that just popped in mind. I would love to see <laughs> that one in Photoshop yeah. personally. <laughs> like, yeah, we, when you hear your family. <laughs> it started, I think, because they started, like, you and I did this when we were talking about the, what was it? We were talking about, I forget what episode it was, but we, we oh, was, we, were, we were creating our dream F1 season. Yeah, dream F1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. we created our own, like, if we had a team, what our sponsors would be and what our drivers. Mine was Totino's Monster F1. Yeah. Which, which is not toast, which is not Tostinos. We thought it was Tostinos for the longest time. I always thought it was yeah. Tostinos. There's no people. S. There's no There's S. No There's no it's, S. It's a Midwestern. This thing. is like a Bernstein Bear thing. Yeah. So I'm convinced because you're from Michigan, right? Yeah. And you I was going to say we we yeah. add the S on the like when you go you don't go to Kroger you go to Kroger's you go to yeah. put, exactly right. you yes. put the S in yes. there. Yes. We were, when I was in when I was in Columbus with Idris, we went to Aldi, but I called it Aldi's. I call it Aldi's. Yeah. I call it Aldi's. Yeah. Kroger's. But it's just Aldi. Yeah. Walmart's. <laughs> there was a there was like a little store, a little local one called Jacks. It was Jack yeah. apostrophe S. My grandma called it Jax's. Like she just put the other one in. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it yep. must be because that's yep. that's that's hilarious. But but yeah, so I I, I will I'm gonna call it then. You know what? It's Tostinos F one. Tostinos. Um, we'll make yeah, it that and way. Then, yeah. yeah. And then Idris, you had Jolian Palmer and Jensen Button. Oh yes. Taco. What was it? Yes. Taco Bell. Taco Bell Sega. Sega. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah that's right. Sonic running fast with the with the Crunchwrap Supreme. And, <laughs> yes, right. I uh, so, I absolutely turfed it on a bird scooter in front of Jolian Palmer. So that's like my claim to fame. <laughs> what? Oh. I still man. have the scar. Oh jeez. Was there any reaction? Did he help you? Like, did he notice what happened? Uh, he thought it was the funniest thing he's ever seen in his entire oh. life, which honestly, it really was. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry you yeah. got hurt. That is. That is. Oh, that is. Yeah. Great. Hope it wasn't uh, a serious injury. My first though. time on a bird scooter. Nah, I was fine. Oh, I was fine. My first time, couple drinks down, I was so confident. Okay. I was like, mm. Jolian believes in me. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, which yeah, you go, yeah. Geez, go for it. Which one so, should we start with? So first? without what? further ado, because yeah, okay, so we yeah we follow you on IG and your socials, so yeah. we know that you're a big music head. Um, and oh, I we, love all of your hair yeah. metal and F1 posts. I yeah. get excited every time I see them. Like Dokken. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gabe and I are big, big music heads. Like we we just have a mutual love of of music, and I mean we played in a band together, right? So we did. Like yeah. we've it's oh, always yeah. been a thing of just like, yo, I just found this new track, and he's like, bro, and I'm like, bro, you know. So um, there's a Dries has a poster of us behind him. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's that's our is that y'all? Joke, but, that's well, that's, that's a fake band actually. Yeah, that it's weird. a fake band. Yeah. Mar- Here, so me, our buddy, our buddy Damon Marcus Smith, we had on our podcast. Uh, he was like kind of the band leader, and he was doing um, myself. What was he was doing like uh, video stuff? Like, and so they were doing a movie where it was the '90s, but because they couldn't mm. do any real bands, he had to make fake band posters. Yeah. So after band, oh. We- a fake grunge band called yeah. Divinity. Yeah. And we just like made a whole ethos, but we put the posters behind us on stage or like on our birch table and people yeah. would be like, what's the, Divinity? Oh, who's that, who's we're just that band? Like, yeah. We don't want to talk about yeah. it. They look like God. But yeah. yeah, we just like real, real nice sepia tone, real moody. 
Right. <laughs> so yeah, so like we created yeah. a driving playlist and then we added Shinali and Tiernan when we had them on, they added to the la- playlist. Yes. So we have a running Spotify playlist yeah. that I'm going to post. But what we're going to do is we want to get your top five driving songs and yep. we're going to add them to our playlist so that we can just continue to add to our like just ultimate driving yeah. driving list. So we would love to hear your top five songs or if you have more than five, please. Yeah, please get let some us honorable know. mentions yeah. in there. We're hundred percent down. Yeah. I have about and a th- thousand and it depends okay. on the vibe. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. So my first one, number one, always number one, Dance Night Away by Van Halen. My mm, absolute like okay. favorite mm-hmm. song in the universe. So that's mm-hmm. my favorite, like windows down, having a great day, driving song. Nice. Okay. Number two. Number two, Lose My Mind by Bass Drum of Death, because that's just a driving fast song. That's mm. the oh, yeah. 85 mile an hour toll highway. <laughs> uh, number <laughs> number yes. three, We Die Young by Alice in Chains. That one was oh, like nice. my, yes. such a banger. Such a banger. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love that it, song so much. It's that's one of those my, ones like, where nighttime you hear it. driving song. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's one of those mm. ones you hear it and you just throw the stink face. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I saw somewhere they said, like, the, the, the biggest compliment that you could give a guitar player while he's playing is. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I get that face like if i'm playing some riff and somebody like, comes up to me just like what are you playing is so filthy that oh oh uh, yeah you, you know just, just mm, uh, you gotta scrunch yeah. up yep your face just goes oh yeah mm-hmm. love it okay that's mm-hmm. perfect yeah. i'm excited okay all right, all right. number so four number four what do we got number four minerva by deftones okay Ooh, one okay. of my one of my current favorites for just like highway mm-hmm. number five muscle man by the ty seagal band that Ooh, okay. whole album is great. Slaughterhouse, highly okay. recommend. Nice. Listen to that one all the time. But yeah, those Love are it. like my big ones at the moment. It also just depends on like what the vibe is. Sure. Uh, sometimes gotcha. I just yeah, want to yeah. sing along to Def Leppard, and I have that. <laughs> I had like the yeah. the greatest hits of Def Leppard was my like driving soundtrack for yeah. mm-hmm. all of last fall. Mm-hmm. Like awesome. for months at a time, I'm like Love I'm just it. gonna put hysteria on and mm-hmm. see where the vibe takes me. It's gonna take me the same six songs over and over again. Oh, I yeah. don't care because I'm having the time of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I I'm still a hundred percent on a. Uh, I have a friend who runs a, a record shop, and I'm just I need to get a copy of High and Dry and a type of a copy of Pyromania. Those mm-hmm. are like must have Def Leppard records for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just so mm-hmm. perfect. Pyromania is I think pro- is my favorite Def Leppard record. I just just from start to finish. I I'm a big fan of their first. Like I'm a big Mm -hmm. first album person for some reason, Mm. almost every band I like the first album that they came out with is like the one that I like the most because it feels like it was the rawest version of what they were and what they wanted, like the punk version. Yeah. Oh yeah. So as we get like there, I don't, no shame against the more refined things that have come Mm -hmm. out in later days, but like also that for some reason, almost every band that first album is like, that's the one. This is so I funny. I feel that. Because, like, literally, our, uh, Gabe and I were having this conversation. I said, dude, I don't know what it is, but I cannot listen to, like, a band's album or, like, a rapper's album past a second or third album. Like, I just I just fall mm-hmm. off. I don't know what it is mm-hmm. for those exact same reasons. Because, like, first mm-hmm. is punk. Then the second one is, like, oh, they've refined it. And then maybe the third yeah. one, they kind of, like, hit that. They hit, like, the, like, like I guess their the stride and, like, it feels really good. But then after yeah. that, I just... I don't there know are some yeah. there are some very rare exceptions to that rule for me at least. Yes. 
So the yes. one the one big one that I can think of is Foo Fighters. I love Foo Fighters' mm -hmm. first record. That I I love that record. I learned to play like back and forth. It was just such a important record to me. It was the first record that I actually listened through like straight through and didn't feel like skipping anything, which yeah. is like really yeah. big. And like Foo Fighters had like a really solid run of records throughout like the into the early 2000s and then like but it, it kind of felt like well like they're they're all really good but like it didn't nothing felt really super special until wasting light happened mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. that record to me was i was like oh like this you one almost from start yep. to finish is just like that's perfect yeah yeah um and uh, i think the other one for me would probably be like like bands like van halen it's like yeah. their first record is perfect but then like 1984 happens and it's just some next awesome. level shit mm -hmm. and you're like oh come on mm -hmm. you know so yeah but i i i would mostly agree i like speaking of jabariquai i recently went back and walked listened to his first record and i'm like oh so this is what gran turismo ripped off for their menu music it's literally that <laughs> it is just the whole time i'm just like oh yeah hello <laughs> they have like these little things like that like with the guitar in there i'm like oh yeah i heard that on gran turismo 4 like it's just my my yeah. brain had a little unlock moment it was it was incredible. <laughs> i love that yeah. memories yes memories memories okay right. well that's perfect have... we're definitely adding those to the playlist yeah 100%. absolutely yes. i was gonna see if you had any honorable mentions honorable mentions oh yeah. it's think... so hard because like so i do seasonal playlists mm, and okay. i had a friend who like turned me on to this uh, years ago so like mm. every season i get a new one going where it's like okay. the things oh, yeah. i'm listening to on repeat i keep them and like you know move on to the next season so it's really mm. fun for me to be able to like go back yeah and be like what was i listening to in the summer of 2016 mm -hmm. i've got my whole playlist and then i like revive the vibe so like right now my it's just a mess like art of dying by george harrison has been like oh, a mm. top play for me okay. recently for okay. like that song just like got me but also when i was in england i was watching like a top of the pops recaps of like oh. they pick a band and then like show all of the like things yeah. so for some reason now i'm, I'm real into hot chocolate <laughs> like that's just vibing with me at the moment yep. like okay. there's that then there's george harrison then there's like you know some some black metal because like who doesn't mm -hmm. need a little bit of yelling in their life mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just yes it's all over the place at the moment we're just okay. we're just all over yeah. yeah some of my more some of my more stronger musical memories have actually happened in the car um oh absolutely and, uh, mine too because, mine yeah. too yeah because yeah, i think it's just one of those moments where you get that moment of solitude and you're doing something that you're disassociating from because you're just driving mm -hmm. and you have the only really kind of connection you have to sort of like your humanity sometimes in those moments are like yeah. listening to like a song mm -hmm. and i remember i the i the couple of like one moment i remember specifically when it comes to like heavy metal is i listened to my brother told me to listen to mashuga and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. And I listened to the song Bleed for the first time and I was driving home from like hanging out with Idris. It literally gave me a headache, but in like the best way possible. And I'm just like, ow, awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it, I, those those are some of, those are just the best. Like I uh, recently too, I heard a uh, David Bowie song I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, what is it? Um, oh, Fame. Fame, wonder name. I, love I heard song. that and I was thinking, Oh yeah, this is this reminds me of driving down to ten Nashville, Tennessee with my mom because we mm -hmm. bought a right. CD of it was like the seventies greatest hits, but when we put it on, it was all covers. 
And oh. so my like twenty, so funny. my like two thousand and what was it like two thousand uh two thousand eight self was like okay I'm gonna go on LimeWire and download all of the real versions of this and put it on a mix CD and that's exactly what I did and we just listened to that on repeat mm. and like three oh, that's amazing songs in America it was great that's I was great. gonna say I'm like gonna when I the reason I picked my Alice in Chains song was because like my dad used to make mixtapes that's what we listen to mm, we just like okay. go cruise around it is like three-year-old me like i have these distinct <laughs> memories of going to visit my mom at work she worked the night shift at an er mm -hmm. and we would like stop by the beach and it's like october and we were listening to alice and Chase. i can remember it so clearly and i was like imagining like creatures running through the fields because like <laughs> the song was scary yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no I, th those are the best kind of memories too you have that song memory do you yeah. Do you have anything like that, like in the car, like with that, your, like, like your parents or oh, anything like? Yeah. Um. Let's see. A lot of Lucky Dubé. Um. So yeah, my my parents listen to a lot of like reggae and like West African mm -hmm. highlife music. So, um, Lucky Dubé is one of their favorite artists, and so I hear like a lot of anytime I hear like his like specific style of sound come on it'll be like a like a rim drum like boom you know and then that like yeah i feel that like yeah that. you get transported and then suddenly <laughs> i'm i go from the driver's seat to the back right of the car and i'm just like there with my seatbelt and like eating my cheeseburger and yeah. chicken nuggets you know what i mean and it just, <laughs> yeah it, it just yeah it's like out of body and yeah anytime i hear that like you just the nostalgia is just so overwhelming and like uh -huh. how music will just overtake you completely like memory wise and will just yeah. transport you it's it's wild like the fact like yeah. you were three and you remember feeling like there are scary monsters on the beach that is yeah. like mm -hmm. what <laughs> you know? oh, yeah i know yeah. like i shouldn't I, there's so many of those like i grew up van halen was my dad's favorite band that's why mm -hmm. it's my favorite band like i remember so distinctly like moments where i, I listen to a song and it's yeah. like i am like two years old in the house we used to live in before we moved to the house that i actually remember living in yeah but mm -hmm. i can remember like little bits of that because yeah, of, yeah, yeah, like, yeah just the song that we were we were listening to mm -hmm. it's just oh, yeah. it's crazy yeah i remember the first i remember as a like a as a guitar player you always remember the first time you heard van halen's eruption and <laughs> i remember distinctly my it was another lime wire or frost wire that moment where my brother downloaded it he played it for me and it blew my mind and we were on the way to like uh, to go to Applebee's or something for dinner and it was just stuck in my head and I'm like how did he make his guitar sound like what that? did he do <laughs> I had that exact same thing but like I had that with Cathedral where I was oh, like how is mm -hmm. this a guitar that made uh -huh. like that's that was my favorite song for like years because mm. I just couldn't comprehend how a guitar made this noise yeah like I was yeah. obsessed with it mm. I learned how to play guitar trying to like figure out how to make those sounds yeah oh yeah never got there oh but yeah, yeah I, same awesome. thing I, like just hold on to it oh 100 percent. yeah do you do you uh, still play and keep up to this day uh, no, yeah. I, I I had to leave a lot of guitars behind when I moved to Texas, and that kind mm. of killed my vibe for me. Gotcha. I spent a, a real long time building a exact replica of Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstein guitar. Oh yeah, I figured to the point have to have where I he he had quarters on the back of that guitar yep. that were mm -hmm. just like yep. I sourced the exact year, nineteen seventy five, because. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. Like I hunted those bad boys down to put them on there and then I couldn't bring them with me. So I was like, it kind of oh. killed it for mm. me, which was really, yeah, which was really That's sad. That's some dedication. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. Only but the hardcore Van Halen fans do like do the, do the, uh, the Frankenstrat thing. And I've been and very few of them go to the extent of actually sourcing, sourcing the quarters, the quarters <laughs> from that year. To yeah. do it. Which probably costs like, you more than what <laughs> I appreciate the quarter itself. What I appreciate though mm-hmm. is that you're doing it for the 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 like aesthetic recreation of this thing of this person that right. you love. Whereas yeah. every other guitar guy out there thinks it's the secret to like playing his tone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, dude, no, practice. Like yeah. that's what you need. Those yeah. stripes, those are go fast stripes. Your fingers go fast. <laughs> oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love the story behind that. Too. I could I we could uh, Elizabeth, you and I could have a entire whole podcast probably just about van halen stuff yeah i, I guarantee because there's Honestly, just so much that you could talk just about dig into the lore van halen dig into the lore right. the van halen lore van, yeah um so well yeah come, coming soon from neon kids Media. <laughs> so yeah. we we do want to get you we do want to get your picks for your title sponsors for your f1 team so yes and also your drivers so you can Perfect. pick up primary secondary and reserve yeah. driver so the set the scene right. is set it is the beginning of the 2040 season and lining Wait, can up I go along back in time? the pit box <laughs> is yes. Santiago Balfour and Totino's monster F1 are alongside on both sides. The race is getting ready to start. You're about to unveil your car like like they used to at the beginning of the year, at the like the first practice session yeah. or whatever. S- sim- similar to a team, Rich Energy. I don't know if you've heard of them. But. Yeah. yeah. Who, who are <laughs> those, the drivers? Those little guys. On... Yes. <laughs> just that 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 little yeah. <laughs> who are the drivers sitting on the tires? What is the sponsor? And also, what era of F1 car does this look like? Mm. All right. I've got a whole scenario in my head of how Ooh, I'm imagining this. Let's do this. Specifically, I want my car to be the Lotus 72 from the early 1970s. Because okay. I yep. think that mm-hmm. thing looked so sick. It kind of looked like a cheese grater and also yes. a little bit like a hatchet. <laughs> yes. But it was the coolest yeah. looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, I, oh it has yeah. to be my car. It has to be my car. I'm picturing myself i'm not a big name sponsor i'm i'm a privateer okay i'm mm. a privateer coming out here okay. and we're showing everyone who's boss and i'm calling my team the republic of texas racing enterprises oh, okay oh, okay a whole, a whole thing my sponsor is going to be texaco because of course it is you got to get <laughs> yeah, that okay. somewhere 100 percent. all right and like maybe like a makeup sponsor or something. I don't know. Some for the ladies. Some like oh, my other okay. interests. You know right, what I mean? Okay. Like all right, yeah, sure. Yeah, Texaco some, Revlon. Some... I like it. Exactly. That's, that's I'd have bring Peter to it. Revson, but yeah, I'd have Peter. Re- I considered having Peter Revson as one of my drivers actually, oh. but I went against it because he wouldn't have gotten the Revlon money because he had a falling out with his family. Oh. So instead. I am picking. I'm like I got too into this. Like yeah, you said, this is, and I was you're, like, no, you got, you got just as into it as you yeah. needed to be. Yes, as much as we needed you to be. Yes, I was. I was on my plane home from England, like dreaming up a scenario. Like, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't have Peter Revson because, like, historically, it wouldn't work. And I pick drivers <laughs> that historically don't work with my era anyway. Sure, yeah, it's fine. I love it. I've got, I have to have Janet Guthrie because she was the freaking coolest. Mm-hmm. Uh, she like, 
she is the dream of my dream team. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. first woman to race in the Indy 500, first one in the Daytona, not first in the Perfect. Daytona, but like, you know, all of that stuff where she's just like kicking butt, taking names, best mm-hmm. finish with sixth in the 500, which is still like a record. Um, mm-hmm. She'd have to be there. We're going, we're going in overseas. We're going international. Yeah. And also for the Texas roots, for the Texas girls, I want to pick Dan Gurney, but I don't want to ruin what Dan Gurney had, I think Eagle was its own thing that's worth yes. keeping. So I'm bringing right. over AJ Foyt. Oh, AJ Foyt, whoa. my Houston Maine. Okay. Whoa. Okay. I just want to see him cause bang, bang. some chaos. <laughs> I want to oh, see boy. AJ Foyt show up on the F1 circuit in like the Nurburgring and just have some things to say. Yeah. Like hash it out with the guys. <laughs> yeah. I I oh, think it'd be boy. great. Yeah, AJ Foyt yeah, is okay. he was a he was a firebrand, wasn't he? He was like he was Still out there. He was just like, oh yeah. I saw like a thing where so, what was it? There was some indie race where or no, it was a was it a NASCAR race? No, it wasn't indie race. And they it was the wrong people were on the podium because they didn't count the points right. And yeah. somebody yeah. was just like, you learn to count or something, and then he just and like he shows just, up and starts smacking the guy in the face. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> insane that would not happen yeah. could you imagine it happening on, on the f1 like paddock christian horner oh. just like toto just like- here's <laughs> here's the thing if we'd had aj Floyd in 1972 that could be a thing that we do now and yeah. i think f1 would be all the better for it <laughs> yeah yeah well the closest thing we've had to uh like a fist fight recently was max going after stebby after oh, uh, yeah after yeah yes yeah. Oh, yeah like i remember seeing that a few years back oh yeah um that like it usually with f1 drivers it feels like more like just words well we also had george russell smack botas's helmet after they got that crash in imola oh remember that <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, like that was like a thing you that know like weird they get a little testy sometimes, you know? They do. Like, I, I almost feel like they should have, like, a timeout corner segment where they have the drivers, like, like face each other in Mario Party or something like that and just get their aggressions <laughs> yeah. out in a safe way. What, and further yeah. fracture their relationships in Mario Party? <laughs> I, I think not. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> oh, that, well, here, there, here's the thing, though. Like, uh, Adris, I think you and I have talked about this. Who's your who's your go-to Mario Party character? Mine is Monty Moore, 100%. He is always the, the MVP for me. Elizabeth, who's your who's your who's your uh, yeah who's your oh who's your Mario Party character? Also, what is your Mario Kart combination? Like who Ooh. like driver and kart? You're asking a lot of someone who doesn't play video games. I, <laughs> oh, oh my, okay. No, it's okay. I, I have a Mario assumed. Party character. Okay. okay, which is the little ghosty. Oh yes, um, okay, the little okay. ghost. Oh yes, because he's okay. cute. That's perfect. Yeah, is that okay, it. is it King Boo's? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. King Boo. King, King Boo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. perfect. I played King Boo, and we do that because I the only time I, I I played one video game like in my whole life, and that was mm. Animal Crossing, and I oh from yeah. day oh, one like all we through the iteration. So I really mm-hmm. only play other things when I'm hanging mm. out with my sister. Mm. I'm always King Boo or some other like cute villain. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll be one of the the things that the cute villains yeah. is, is bad for me. Yeah. 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 And then That's uh, perfect. Mario Kart, I didn't I don't I just what? kind of pick a putzing about vehicle and mm. hope for the best because I can't I don't know how to go fast. Got it. <laughs> if I go too fast I go crash it. Yep. No well, you know you can play that. King Boo. So that works. You could just choose him. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. That's, it. That's all I need. Um, okay. Well, I can tell you, uh, I am very excited to put together your uh, Photoshop of your racing. Team. Oh yeah. 
I know exactly what the car is going to look like too. I have it in my head. So just be ready for that. Um, Yeah. My thought is to just have as big of a grid as possible. um, You know, as we, as we, uh, you know, gather up our interviews with people on the, on the pod. Um, And uh, I just wanted to say too, just, just to, um, uh, as a personal note, I'm really excited. I'm really glad that you were able to come on the pod with us. Um, like, like Adris and I initially, like when we like came across you, like and, and Alanis, like through DRS, and then we read your book. Like, uh, we were just yeah. like I, I have to say, by the oh. way, like we we didn't we didn't get a chance to really say this at the, at the top of the the pod. Um, but yeah, you, like the way you write your articles, like the like your social media posts, your the book, all of it's so great, and that we really appreciate like the voice you bring to all really of this, sweet. and it really is it helps to bring in people who typically have not really been in the sport right like right. i can mm-hmm. i can come in and you like you break it down in a way that makes sense to me you know the way i understand mm-hmm. things and interpret things so just keep doing you it's it's excellent you know Thanks. keep rocking out to hair metal keep keep posting pictures of your cats you know amazing you know <laughs> yes <laughs> um, yes oh yeah, yeah. how how, how are you are you collecting more because you yeah do, so you're doing it your, your your house right yeah, I live out in the kind of the middle of nowhere in Texas, so there are a lot of feral cats that just show up on the porch. So I mm. fed them, keep an eye on them, make sure they're all right. Uh, yeah. The first one I just brought in because I thought she was cute, uh, and she let me pick her up after a couple tries, bring her in. Yeah, I trapped the next one, Joseph, because it was getting mm. hot outside, and he was very mm. fluffy, so my husband mm. put out a, a trap for him to okay. bring him in. Mm. So he's he's been in here. Uh, he's there my was favorite. Papa. Yeah. Joseph's so cute. There's a big <laughs> Papa. Um, Papa was, he looked like he was doing fine. So I didn't bother like trying to bring him in. And then he yeah. got, he was limping and I saw him limping for like a week. Ooh. Couldn't get him. And then opened the door and I could hear him crying under the car oh. when I went to go get the mail. And I was like, little man, just come on in. And he yeah. like, I got a bag of treats and he just walked in and sat down on the floor. Nice. Um, so he got bit by a snake but not a poisonous venomous snake so he's all good it was just infected that that was it um just had to take care of that now he's a little asshole running around (laughs) so much um and then our last one our most recent one is mama my husband got her as well um she's like oh she's she's having a rough time but she's very like just a couple months old still Mm -hmm. um Uh, okay doesn't really know what to do she's she's still figuring things out so she's out separated from the other ones while we get her vaccines and get her Mm -hmm. all all sorted out but they're all the the gang's all here like i think i've got all of them now (laughs) that's so sweet i love that yeah, I love watching the the journeys of of like seeing you like interacting with each of them and like you know the little progresses that you have. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of a um, there's a lady. She is the daughter of um, one of the guitar players from Sticks. I think her her mm. uh, page is like Kitten Lady or something like that. And she her whole thing is like teaching people how to like deal with kittens, how to like handle mm-hmm. like Aww. medical problems how to like you know look out for certain signs and like she's she's just always posting adorable yeah cute kittens that she's fostering mm. i just oh my yeah. god i love it i love it i miss kittens yeah I love kittens see so much. to all the you listeners know. you guys didn't expect us to give you like a whole cat niche you know 
portion. I mean, how, how are we gonna, <laughs> like, here's the thing. How are we going to have Elizabeth on the podcast without talking about Van Halen or Cats at some point? It's, just, it's, it's like those are my things. Yes. It's, it's like the like, two core foundations yeah. of who I am right. as a person. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Well, um, on that subject, um, yeah. Elizabeth, um, obviously you have, you and Alanis co-wrote a book, Racing with Rich Energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which Excellent is book. spectacular, and like Idris said, my my the my most favorite thing about it is the fact that you are able to write in such a way that even if you're not a motorsport fan, you get yeah. you understand what's happening. Yeah, because if you introduce a subject mm-hmm. or some concept, you explain it like immediately after, and that's so awesome. Yeah. What um what are are there any other like projects, any other things that you're doing um that you are excited for that you could kind of like tell everybody to kind of check out and get excited for that you have going on in your own life? The big one is Donut Racing Show, which is available mm-hmm. anywhere you get podcasts. We primarily talk about F1, but we do have some fun uh, interviews coming up with non-F1 drivers, which oh, is very going to be exciting. Uh, okay. And also, I have a Substack Grand Prix Gastronomy. Yes, I cook my yes. way through every race on the Formula One calendar, and it is very fun. Um, so I would just come hang out while I try to figure out how to use a knife, and <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. I love it. Yes, yeah. I saw. Dude, I'm not. Have... I'm not a. I'm not a chef or anything right. by any means. I've screwed up quite a few of these sure, mostly because right. I don't know how to read a recipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, it makes it it makes it fun and makes it way more down to earth. I think. Yeah. And I've learned a whole lot just in doing it. So mm-hmm. even if you just like come to watch someone's foibles, like <laughs> perfect place to do it. Right. Uh, which which one of those are you were you, were you or are you most and least excited to make? Mm. Um, that's a good question. Most excited, I think, were uh, the Italian ones. The two mm-hmm. I've done both of them. Sambanza was a risotto, and then the Imola was a ragu. And like I just Ooh. because I don't ever the both of those things are things that take a while so i mm-hmm. never really like put that much time into making a sauce or whatever sure, sure those i was most excited about um and both of them turned out lovely so mm. i was very stoked yeah, sometimes excellent. what a concept you just need to like take your time and do things and yep. it'll be delicious uh yeah. the one i'm least excited about is the one i'm making almost next uh for singapore it's called Ooh, Hainanese okay. chicken okay. it is a whole chicken you boil it Mm-hmm. Okay, you boil it and then you dump you put it in cold water so it stops cooking. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. it like gets a little gelatinous. Yes. Uh and you eat oh. it cold and I don't I just don't know how that texture is going to work with me. Huh. So yeah. I think my biggest concern is like how how I'm going to handle that. Mm. The great news mm. is that you serve it with three different sauces. So even okay. if there is oh. a shambles, I have chicken nuggets in the fridge. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. That sounds yeah. great. I feel like you found a, a, a great uh, sort of uh, cross-pollination of like people who watch like ASMR like food videos, but then also motorsports. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you know, I've had, like I think we've all had that moment where we fall down a YouTube channel where we're just like watching mm-hmm. somebody cooking things. Oh, absolutely. For me, mm-hmm. there was a guy, he was a expert Chinese chef, and he had like this Ooh. giant wok, and there's just this big old barrel oh, of like, sh- just like oil, and he would this. just like mix it yeah. up, and he would do all these <laughs> slow-mo shots, yeah. and like That's watching so him fun. slice mm-hmm. the like 
pork belly it's just, oh god yeah. it's just like this is ooh, i want to like i want to have satisfying some, you know what the funny thing is about all these two like you watch you're like i can do that right uh, yeah I, and then yeah, and then you and, yeah and then you go out and buy the ingredients at the store and then you come home and you're like oh no yeah oh, no. You know, yeah i was the the one that got me that i was not expecting to get me monaco is like a little like pastry like it's just folded over mm-hmm. and i yeah. was like are you telling me my hands can't do this motion? <laughs> yeah, like, I like physically <laughs> cannot put a little bit of stuff in here and yeah. fold over the edge? Yeah. Couldn't do it. Every yeah. single oh. one of them was a mess. Every single oh. one of them looked different. I was like, mm. who well, knew? I mean, who knew? They, taste, they tasted good at least, though, right? Like, it's fine. They did. They mm, tasted yeah. great. Mm. Everything was fine. Every disaster I've had happen has been uh, salvageable, so that's fine. It's yeah. just like... Yeah. The confidence you go into it with where I'm like, oh, I yeah. can do like the crimping of the edges of this little. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest problem no. I always have with cooking is multitasking because uh, I will sit there and I'm thinking like I'm going to focus all of my effort on making the meat and the sauce. And I'm like, oh, I forgot to put the pasta on. Oh, or yeah. like or like something <laughs> will be going. and I'm thinking it's going to burn. So I'm trying to do this. And like, I just I can't. That's the problem I have is mm-hmm. I cannot like multi because yeah. I'm thinking, OK, where am I? Where was this? It's like I have to be better about yeah. like, putting everything yeah. together and just having it all, you know, lined that's up. that I that was the big thing that I think I learned most through this is that I prep everything before i start cooking and that has saved my life on so many occasions where i'm like oh (laughs) i totally forgot that i needed to like be cooking a whole side dish right now but the great news is that i've already prepped all of the vegetables Mm -hmm. so i can just throw Mm -hmm. it in and it's yeah you don't you don't want to have a ferrari pit strategy approach (laughs) to cooking like where you're checking no (laughs) we are not prepared with the tires no it's just like you didn't have my onion wait (laughs) We will talk about it after the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Needs needs intro. We are checking. We are checking. Question. (laughs) Oh man, God! Just Ferrari. The 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 meme that keeps giving. You know. The meme that keeps getting. Uh yeah. So so with that, Elizabeth, you know, want to let you plug your socials. Um yeah, give Mm. give a shout out to where we can find you. How can the folks reach you? I am at Eliz underscore Blackstock on the website that was formerly doing business as Twitter. Uh, and I am I am at Eliz A Blackstock, all one word on everything else. That's Instagram, threads, blue sky, mm. um, insert things here. Go to you can go to my mm. website, Elizabeth dash blackstock.com, and that's got all the other the other nonsense that goes on in my life. You can find me on LinkedIn if you really want to find me on LinkedIn. I don't do anything, uh, but I have it's just it. There. So yeah. It's there. I like yeah. to like see who I, I pay for like the LinkedIn journalism things. Okay. I can yeah. see who sees me because I'm like a little weirdo uh, like that, but I don't ever actually like do anything with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like playing, paying for the premium version of a dating app. It's just like, who liked me? Oh, it's like, why? Yeah, women? I want to like, know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 miles yeah. away. Why are they liking me? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Um, Again, I just have to say thank you so much for coming on. It's been this has just been so informative and insightful for us that, you know, like before we started recording this, Gabe and I were talking like just with all the research we've done over the last couple of weeks of just like, Yo, we messing up. We need to watch way more IndyCar because this is yes. where it's at, bro. Like this is there's now so much. Now you know going on. you've been enlightened. Yes. Oh my. Yes. Like, yes. I feel like I feel like intense FOMO of like I've missed out on so much so far, and like I need to get <laughs> uh-huh. in now. You know, like yeah. the stock mm-hmm. is still hot. Get in. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's let's try to let's try to get some dividends stacked on this. Yes. You know? 
Um, yes. But yeah, just thank you so much for like the insight that you've given us here. And like to our listeners, like please check out all the articles and, and media that Elizabeth has generated about, first off, all the stuff she's written about motorsports, but like the IndyCar stuff is really, really helpful as far as getting your level of understanding up to a point where you're like, okay, I can do it. I can do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's just ready. Like who, what driver do I want to support? Yeah, that, exactly. But kind of mm-hmm. well, make sure you know which livery they're using, right? Like that. Yeah. That's the yeah thing, right. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I love all the pink. Exactly. I love all the pink cars. I must say, but then I yeah. think that means that Hulkenberg will never race for that organization ever. Good. Even though like he keeps, he, he's like dressed himself as a Ken doll. I'm like, dude, you don't like pink. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> and somebody pointed His out. His vibes that he, are all off. I think, yeah. uh, what didn't Crofty say that he reminded him more of Billy Idol than he did of a Ken doll? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's actually kind of accurate. Honestly, I'm destroyed. Uh, yeah. That is right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to F1 or F Off. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to hit us up, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, the website formerly known as Twitter, at F1 or F Off. Uh, you can email us at F1 or F Off podcast at gmail.com. Give us a five star review wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to share with family and friends. Also, I wanted to say, Blue Sky totally sounds like a government front. There's no way that's real. Yeah, it there's does. no, there's, there's no way that you are submitting data to that site and you're not being put on like an NSA watch list or something. That's crazy. Like, I, lo- I think I've opened it like twice, and <laughs> yeah. I just don't like. I look you know at what? the app itself is like too formal. Like the like, the nah. app photo is like mm-hmm. clouds, and I'm like, I just yes. don't. Nope. Nope. Blue sky, blue sky. I've seen blue this sky, before. Uh, <laughs> blue sky sounds like a. It sounds like this uh, an investment firm sponsorship that would be for like a car that's like nobody knows what they actually do yeah. because they're very vague about it. Yeah. It's like synergy. Sponsor- We'd like to thank yeah. Blue Sky, our sponsor. It's like, are they a tobacco company? Are they an investment firm? Yeah. Do they sell crypto bro? Like. Have you heard all of like the stories about Rocket that was sponsoring yes. like you were telling me, yes. Just... Well, freaking a, a cell phone <laughs> company that also has funeral services? Doesn't make sense. What? Doesn't make sense. What? I mean, talk about diversifying your market. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> they were in every marketplace. <laughs> the living and the dead. It's like, it's like a, I think you should leave Sketch as a company all this time. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so wonderful.